Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the point of the program. We'll take your calls about anything. 800-259-9231. Tonight, joining you, it's Ian here. Oh, Sam, you are here, but for whatever reason, your mic isn't responding. Try that again. Okay. Well, we'll work on that. So, yeah, Mark's here, too. Uh, We'll take your calls, 800-259-9231. That, uh, again, is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Okay, you're there. Hello. And we are going to start things out here, uh, unusually, with with a special guest. And we've got somebody from across the pond, and it is Danny. And I actually don't even know Danny's last name. I guess it's probably not relevant for the conversation we're going to have with him. Danny, are you with us? I am. Welcome to Free Talk Live. Now, the reason, uh, the reason we are having you on the show here tonight is because you are an outstanding activist. And I don't even, I don't even know what it is that uh, got you started in this, it, and I'm sure we're going to find all of that out. But I want to point people to your videos again. We've done it in the past, but now that we've got you on the line here, we can talk about it a little more in a little more detail. Uh, it's... It's a YouTube channel called C. Veitch, but the easiest way to find your videos is to just search for Everything is Okay. Just search Everything is Okay at YouTube, and you'll find some videos uh, with Danny in them. Now, uh, Sam, you are a fan here of uh, of some of Danny's work. Sam is with us from the Obscured Truth Network tonight at ObscuredTruth.com. Can you kind of um, just introduce Danny's, what what he's been doing, what makes him absolutely outstanding, and then we'll let Danny talk about what what it's all about. Sure. Um, Danny, yes, I'm absolutely a huge fan of your work. And the videos that I've seen, what what these guys do is they, they just go out into public uh, spaces out around uh, central London, it seems like, and they do different types of protests that are meant to engage the public and get them thinking about, get, get them to sort of snap out of their routine for a little bit and start to question some things around them. They might be holding a sign, trying to give somebody $10, on the megaphone, pointing out that, look, here's what the mainstream news is feeding you day in and day out. Maybe, maybe you should be focusing on something else because this is all negative and fear-based. And it really, he goes out and makes it obvious in a very, very fun way that uh, people can can do without taking offense to. Uh, they can They can hear his message and sort of be engaged by it with a little bit of laughter and and start to see things in a slightly different way, and I think it's absolutely amazing uh, what you're able to accomplish. So, Danny, how would you describe what it is that you're doing out there on the streets of uh, London? <laughs> Actually, I think it was very beautifully described. I can't really add much to that. Um, and the other thing about it is that um, I, I got I got a, some. We get some amazing, amazing feedback. I, I really did. This is kind of out of the blue. The whole thing. It's it's all. I wasn't expecting this you know, to happen as it's happened. Um, but, but recently I just got a, a message from someone saying, I love what you do, um, whatever it is that you do. And that kind of sums it up. You really have to see the videos to understand. Um, you know, they're, 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 I mean, the, the stuff that's going on at the moment in terms of what people call the New World Order and all this stuff, it's very, for me, it's very dark, a lot of it, um, and very fear-based. And some would say that um, that some of these people spreading this fear uh, are playing right into the hands of those who are trying to do what they want to do, um, and that's what we try and do is is not to do that, but instead 
do it in a comical way. Um, and there's a lot of messages in what we do and what we say, um, which people pick up on or don't. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to add really to more, more than say you have to watch the videos and you either love them or hate them. But I, I hope people will enjoy them. I have to say I really appreciate the uh, the positive approach that you're talking about. There was a video recently that appeared on uh, Charlie's channel. It's C. Veitch's, uh, your partner Charlie. Uh, you guys have been working together, and it's as you describe it, a, it's been a very loose relationship in that you just kind of work together on your own. Neither of you is in charge of the other. There's no real explicit agreement between the two of you. You're just out there having fun. And there was a recent video where he got kind of dark and sort of called for, not I don't know if too explicitly, but basically called for violent uh, revolution over here in uh, the uh, the United States, over here in North America. And then you posted what I consider to be a very sensible response where you made some of the points you just did about this, you know, this conspiracy mentality out there. And we experience it a lot here on this show because it's an open phones radio program. And the network that we're on has, I'm sure you're familiar with Alex Jones because you mentioned him in your uh, in, in your video. We're on the very same network as as he is. So uh, so inevitably, some of the people will call our show thinking that they're calling Alex Jones's show, and they're not. Free Talk Live is a completely different program with what I think is a much more positive perspective, very similar to yours. Uh, instead of doom and gloom, uh, we actually have solutions about how to achieve freedom and, and liberty in our lifetime that don't involve the ideas of uh, pulling out guns and, and going you know in, out in a blaze of glory or, or something like that. Yeah, you know, I think there's some value to uh, really understanding where government's going, where they want to take us, uh, the, the road, you know, they're, they're basically leading us down the path to tyranny, to greater control and, and interference in the daily lives of everyday people. And while there's some value in, in people realizing that and waking up to that fact, I think that's where, for me, the Alex Jones crowd and the conspiracy theories and so forth fall a little short, is that's their entire focus. That's what they go out and spread the message of every day. And, Danny, I don't know how much you have studied the law of attraction. That's something we talk about occasionally on this show. But what you focus on expands in the world. And so that's where I think you really stand apart from that crowd and that you're out there offering different ideas, different ways to spread this message and, and get people aware of what's happening, but also to focus on the answer, which is really love and, and acceptance and treating other people like human beings. Absolutely. And um, the other thing that came to mind now is that um, we, well, certainly myself, would encourage anybody to copy absolutely anything that we do the whole idea of copywriting is totally crazy. It's not like, you know, I was thinking today, God didn't copyright the world when she created it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not, you know, I, and it's just nonsense. So I, I have always, you know, I, I believe that uh, that ideas should be free. Uh, so if you've got a good idea, then it's a great compliment if somebody borrows it from you. And indeed, you guys have got some great ideas. You've got uh, you hit the streets with megaphones. This is one of the pro uh, the prominent things that you'll see in the videos if you go and you look for uh, everything is okay at YouTube. 
But you guys hit the streets with megaphones, but it's not anger as we're talking about here. It's it's megaphoning with a very uh, light touch, with a, a lot of levity, if you will. There's a lot of fun being had, even though you're definitely out there doing something that some people might consider a bit of a, a bit of an annoyance. But somebody like me, I find it very interesting, very entertaining, uh, and and amusing. You you're having a lot of fun out there. You're in you know the heart of what looks like the heart of London and uh, shopping districts and things like that, where all kinds of people are passing by. You've got the opportunity to really uh, get some interesting ideas into people's heads and you're doing it in a very positive uh, manner rather than megaphoning about how, you know, the new world order is coming and etc, yeah. etc. Yeah, absolutely. I must say that um, it's, not, it's not always easy by any means because when you start doing this stuff, um, you basically attract... We, we have a little game we play, actually, me and Charlie, which we should record one day. It's like, you know, how long will it take till the, till the police come sort of game? Yeah. You know, in different <laughs> places, it's, you know, it can be anything from one minute to five minutes, but usually more than that. And when the police turn up, um, not always, it depends who they are and if they recognize us. When they turn up, if you're, if you're new at this, the thing about the police is that anything outside of their normal frame of reference, anything they, they don't, aren't sure about, they're, they're, they're frightened of. And fear brings up in them, because they're normal human beings, um, aggression. And it's really challenging not to get sucked into that aggression. Um, and it's exciting, and, and it, therefore, it, in a way, it's also it's a personal challenge. And sometimes I, I make it, and sometimes I don't. Danny, can we uh, hang on to you? This is a great. It's been great so far. The line is a little shaky. Would it be possible to maybe get you to uh, hang on a little bit here? We're going to come back with the second segment and then continue this discussion. Sure, we're going to put you on hold here. We're going to come back more with Danny. He is a, a video, a videographer, an activist. He hits the streets with megaphones. He's the, I believe, the creator of the Police Hugging Squad. I definitely want to talk about that with him here in a few moments. And we'll talk to you as well. Maybe you've got a question for him. 800-259-9231. That's the number. You can bring up anything. Danny from the UK. More with him coming up in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And that's freetalklive.com. Features including the chat room. You can go in there anytime, but the best time, of course, is during the live show. Chat.freetalklive.com is the place to go for that. That's chat.freetalklive.com. And... Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. What if you found out the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetime? Would you want to join them? Well, it's happening, and you can be a part of it. Just join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Now, there's a man I would love to have uh, as a part of the Free State Project movement uh, if we could get him out of uh, the U.K. and over here to uh, to New Hampshire, and that is uh, Danny from YouTube. Uh, he's got his own YouTube channel. Uh, he works together with another guy named Charlie, 
And the channel with the most videos is C. Veitch. That's Charlie's channel. You can search for Everything is Okay because it's hard to spell Veitch. So Everything is Okay. Just search for that on YouTube. You'll find these guys, some of their videos, where they're hitting the streets of London with uh, with megaphones and having fun and talking about uh, giving people some ideas, you know, giving them some things to think about that they normally wouldn't necessarily, well, certainly come across in their daily travels. And, Danny, you're with us. Uh, we've been talking about your your approach and I appreciate you taking the time to call in tonight because I know it's past midnight uh, where you are. So hopefully you're not staying up too late for, for Free Talk Live. Are you there? Hi, yes. All right. Well, um, yeah, I just wanted to say a couple of ideas that, that I've had. Um, one of the things about what we do is, you know, I, I, actually today I went to with my little two-year-old kid to a protest um, for, against the arms trade. And there were about, it was a very small protest, about 20 people there, and they were so angry and they were shouting and screaming, and it was just horrible. And, and I, for years I've always thought, you know, what can I do? What can I do? And I found something, and I, I found something that I think many people can do in different ways. You know, going out on the street with a megaphone is not everybody's cup of tea, but you'd be surprised how amazingly exhilarating it is, and I'd recommend people who think they could do it to do it. But if you're not up for that, there are other things that you can do. One of the things you can do is uh, something I've been doing for about three years is to take a little um, uh, stepladder and hold up interesting signs. I mean, mine started with the sign, everything is okay. And I've stood for many, many hours, hundreds of hours in busy places with that sign. And I've had the most amazing, amazing experiences with it. You know, besides the fact that it makes hundreds and thousands of people smile, um, it makes them think for a little bit, and it also invites all sorts of people to come up to me and start talking about life uh, in a deep and real way, um, rather than the you know, rather plastic and pathetic uh, way we're treated by the media and all the gossip nonsense, etc. Yeah, Danny... It's amazing, and anyone can do it. You can just get yourself a sign and stand there and, you know, it, and see what happens. I, I want to back up a little bit, Danny, and find out how did you come about to how did you come to this perspective? How did you start going out and doing this uh, type of these types of uh, activities? Well, what is it that drove you to do this? What's your motivation? That's a good question. I mean, the question is how did I come to my perspective? Well, I'm 42 years of age, and you know, it's my whole life that got me to where I'm at. Um, I guess I got uh, I started on the world in the world of personal development. Um, doing one of uh, my, the, the first major experience I had was doing one of these kind of American intense three-day courses, similar to the Landmark Forum. Have you heard of Landmark? Oh yeah, I've done it. Mark's done it. I've mm -hmm. done something similar, an offshoot of uh, Landmark, and Ian thinks it's a cult. <laughs> He's changed his mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are aspects of Landmark that I really, really didn't like at the time, and I didn't go fully for mm -hmm. it, but I, it wasn't actually Landmark. I did Landmark, but it wasn't that that I did. I did something which is now, it used to be called the Life Training Program, which was a kind of also related. The, the guys that started it were absolutely amazing guys, and they kind of were into Est. They went to Est, which was the original Landmark thing, yeah. and they kind of created their own thing called um uh, the life training that's now called More to Life. It was an amazing experience, beautiful, beautiful experience in which you get to start to realize that um, it's not the world outside that creates our reality, but what's going on inside my own head. Yes. Um, and, and I suppose that was the beginning of a journey in which I sort of dabbled with dozens of different types of therapy and books and all sorts of things. 
Um, so that that's sort of um, that that that's the sort of thing that's that's taken me in terms of where I am in my perspective. In terms of how I started this, I, I've I've uh, got this woman who comes around every so often and gives me these sessions, which I would call kind of spiritual um, coaching. And one day we sat down and and just sort of I don't know, it just came up. Go to go to Speaker's Corner because in England they've got this thing called Speaker's Corner. You've heard of it? I think so. Yes. What is it? It's a corner in the center of town that every Sunday anybody can get up and speak about anything. And basically the majority of people that go there these days are religious uh, fanatics. And most weeks they have like a, a, this inane debate, you know, which is the true religion. <laughs> and it's, it's pathetic, really, but it's quite funny. Um, so I just, I don't know, I just got myself there the next week. And for some reason I was, um, I got this sign and on one side it said, everything is okay. And on the other side I put, don't believe anyone, including me. And I never looked back and I got, it was a very addictive experience. My, my wife had to put up with me going every Sunday and leaving <laughs> her with the kids. Um, and it was an amazing experience and it touched a lot of people and it touched me. And then about three or four months ago I met Charlie by, at, a, at a protest. Um, I, I never go to protest to protest. I, I I go to protest to have fun, and I went to this protest, and he had this—he had a, a megaphone, and it never occurred to me to use a megaphone before, and that's how we kind of got together. And he does all the filming and the editing, and he's a fantastic uh, editor. He's, he really, you know, he, he creates the films and does a lot of the hard work, and that's how we got to do what we do. That's a that's a that's a wonderful story, and I just like to point out that uh, even though I thought Landmark uh, has some cults-ish aspects, <laughs> I uh, I fully support what you're talking about as far as self improvement and that uh, you know we're creating our own reality, and that's where that the, the discussion we were having about um, and something that you mentioned in your most recent video on the channel at the C Veitch channel is that this Alex Jones types the uh, the conspiracy theorist types are essentially kind of creating self-fulfilling prophecies. I mean they're they're basically playing into the the the, uh, the darkness that they so believe is out there and and so prevalent. And I think uh, Absolutely. And and you know the idea of self-fulfilling prophecy is at the core the absolute core of of everything really and and the core of, you know, I don't even know if the New World Order is real. I don't know if there really are people conspiring or not. But if they are, I am sure that they use self-fulfilling prophecy all the time. And and they are playing right into their hands. And and, uh, and then that's why I, 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 will, I go nowhere near the Alex Jones. The last time I saw Alex Jones, actually, just tell you the story, it was in March. And he put up a video together with some other guys, I've forgotten his name now, and it was like really fear-mongering. It said 30 days. It was called 30 Days to Martial Law. Okay. Actually, Danny, we're going to hang on to you. If you've got the time, I want to bring you back for another segment. Would that be all right? Okay. All right. Hang on, sir. More with Danny from the U.K. He is a man that has found the activist inside of him and has been hitting the streets in London, making some wonderful videos, very positive uh Yes, Mark. I was just wanted to say that I, I think that Danny does some great videos. But I think Alex does some great videos, too. Alex has his value. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. 
This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Juicy Juice, creators of the Juicy Juice Brain Development and Juicy Juice Immunity Fruit Juice Beverages. For more information, visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to staying healthy, the digestive system is a great place to start. It's 70% of the immune system. Look for kid-friendly foods that are high in fiber, like popcorn and yogurt. Prebiotic fiber helps the good bacteria in the gut flourish, while simple sugars like high-fructose corn syrup only help the bad, leading to bloating and discomfort. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live, your show. If you want, you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want. If you've got a question for our guest on the line right now, that would be the uh, the best thing to do at the moment would be to call with that at 800-259-9231. His name is Danny. He is from the U.K. His last name doesn't matter because what does matter is what he's been doing. He has uh, found some inspiration and has gotten out, hit the streets with uh, with megaphones and signs, thought-provoking signs, has in some cases just stood quietly holding a sign, in other cases uh, been uh, speaking into his megaphone, all sorts of thought-provoking things for the uh, the, the sheeple that are uh, going about from place to place doing their things that they're doing. And uh, Danny, you're back with us. People can go to YouTube and they can search for Everything is Okay. And uh, do your videos pop up first thing when you search for Everything is Okay, Danny? Yeah, they do, yeah. Okay, excellent. Yeah. So that's the easiest the way. They, they actually come up on the first page of uh, Google yeah. as well. Okay, excellent. So uh, w- so we were st- we started talking about the, uh, we were continuing, I guess, the discussion about... About uh, Alex Jones, yeah. Right, Alex so Jones and sort of this negative... That I felt was quite important. And um, I'm not saying what he does is not valuable. Um, but what I am saying, I was just telling you this story. I was watching this video. It said 30 days to, um, uh, 30 days to martial law. Um, and I remember going down to my wife and saying, right, we've got, we've got 30 days left. This is crazy. We've got to leave the country and all this nonsense. And I had to actually get some friends around to ground me and say, you know, Danny, hold on a minute. And uh, they said, you know, predictions. Uh, I, 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 I say nowadays, you know, I predict that most people's predictions are not going to come true. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, the idea of predicting things um, is it's pretty stupid, really, because you're opening yourself up for, um, you know, for getting it wrong. And they got it completely wrong because we, we're now, you know, hundreds of days and there's no martial law and there's no apology by Alex Jones. And I can't remember the other guy's name, Jeff, someone or other. Um, there's no apology. You know, he doesn't get up and say, sorry, we made a mistake. Sorry for scaring you. Right. Um, instead, they carry on with all this kind of. And that's where that's um, what bothers um, me. And I, I told Mark that I said that Alex has his value, and I think that his value is that he does a uh, you know fairly a, a decent job of kind of cataloging the various different police state things that are indeed yes. ha- happening out there. But I but there is no value in the fear mongering approach in suggesting that I mean if you if you get into this conspiracy mode, if you get into the conspiracy world, then Everything is a plot. You know, the, whatever event happens, some so-and-so was behind it, and, it, the, you know, the evil men from the Bilderbergers are the ones that are controlling the world, and the bankers own everything, and they're going to exterminate 90% of the world's population, and there's just all kinds of this, you know, evil doom and gloom prophecy stuff going on. If people actually start believing that, then the only answer they have for themselves is, well, there's no hope. 
You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we might as well build our underground bunker and uh, hop on in because there's no hope for uh, for us to be free. There's no hope for us to uh, to achieve liberty in our lifetimes. You know, it, the the bankers can't be defeated. I mean, that's the message that uh, that comes out of the conspiracy mongers out there is this very defeatist, as you were saying, fear mongering mentality. And I think that's that's really negative. I I, I I've been receiving some outstanding comments and connections with with people i wanted to sh- just say on air i mean it it is absolutely amazing that there are there must be hundreds of millions of people out there who who appreciate this sort of stuff and it's amazing touching down with them and uh, you know and and their messages are so beautiful and show so much depth and i i i've got a very interesting message uh, i can't really explain this properly and i think perhaps that's one of the problems with with his idea but I'll just share very briefly, it's kind of weird, but I got a message from someone in Taiwan who's been trying to work with a, um, with a, with a company. Um, why, why I wanted to share this with you, by the way, is because it was about a solution. He, he, had a, he has this idea. It's a pretty wacky idea, and I can't really quite get my head around it, but it was a solution rather than just fear-mongering and saying, you know, it's going to be all doom and gloom. And his solution was... Uh, he's working with a company that makes helicopters that are basically that can be sold to you as cars, sort of flying cars. Mm. Okay. And he had an idea of replacing money, because um, we all know about money and how problematic it all is today, um, replacing it with a different type of currency based on a certain type of building. I can't really explain it all now, and I haven't really got much time, but... Um, but just the idea that there, there are people there working on solutions, and um, one of the solutions that I've read, in a, which, is so, which is very interesting, is in a series of books called The Ringing Cedars. Have you heard of those? I've not. Um, the first book is called Anastasia, and there's nine books in the series, and throughout through the series, as you go through the series, later on in the series, they've got um, a discussion and an explanation of of how we got to where we've got to, um, and it dates back to ancient Egypt. But the the thing about these books is that the energy of the books is so positive and beautiful. So if people want to get in more to and are interested in how we got to where we are, and I'm not saying that the books are true um, or not, you have to decide that for yourself, they might want to check out that, The Ringing Cedars by Vladimir McGray. Question back on uh, the issue of you and hitting the streets, uh, getting out there with the signs and the, and the megaphone. We got your story as to how you got to where you are today, but what about for people that do want to emulate what you're doing where they are? What would you suggest? I mean, have you ever taken any improv classes? Um, I mean, how do you keep up the uh, the pace? I mean, I'm, obviously the videos are edited for uh, for time, but I mean, how often are you speaking through the megaphone? What's it like when you're not watching the video? What's it like if you're actually there with Danny and Charlie? Uh, how much? How much are you? Uh, how much time are you spending talking through the megaphone, holding signs, etc.? And how many times does it come off where it really works? And how many times do you just crash and burn? Right. Um, I must say that uh, I feel like um, I've been given a gift. I feel it's just a gift. Like um, I, you know, like for example, singing, which is what I do uh, to to make a live, to make money. Um, again, it's just a gift that I received from life, from God, from the universe, from whatever. And 
this type of public speaking is just like a gift, and once I start going, I can just go on for uh, for half an hour nonstop. Mm. It's just a gift that I have. I don't know where it's come from, and I've never really done it before. Uh, I, so I don't really know how to help people do it. I mean, you, to a certain extent, you either got it or you've not, and the only way to find out is to try it. To try it. Yeah. Um, that, that I don't know. That, I don't think that's very helpful. Oh, I think so it's a I, fair I haven't answer. Been to any classes or anything? It's just. I, I think I it's, know, it's just a gift. When people are are living their higher purpose, you know, they just sort of find the right words. The, the right words come to them. They're able to express themselves in the way they want, and it, and they're able to do so with just very little effort because that's what they're meant to do, so to speak. Absolutely, that, yeah. it, it really is like that. It just comes to me. I don't plan these things i don't really think about them i guess what is what it i try and do in life if this if anything can help perhaps this can um, what i try and do in life which is which i find sometimes extremely painful and challenging is to be as open as i possibly can and so all that i read all that i hear all that i see it's all going in to my subconscious mind so that when i get on the streets um, i'm affected by it and I try and, and I try and select very carefully what I allow into my mind. We, you know, I've managed to throw the TV out of this house oh, despite good choice. my children, you know, screaming out against it and my wife. Um, so I never watch TV, um, and I try and, and be careful about what I watch. And now with the internet and YouTube, and I mean, there's just an incredible abundance of fantastic material out there. You know, one of, the things, one of the other things I wanted to cover, and can we hang on to you for one more segment, uh, Danny? It's been a great conversation so far. Of course. Uh, one of the other things I want to cover is what I thought was a really original idea, and that is the police hugging squad. It is something that uh, that we have implemented here in Keene, New Hampshire. and we've Much been, to the chagrin of the police. I don't know about that. <laughs> if it's much to the chagrin, we've gotten several hugs. So uh, I don't <laughs> they're, know. Just, they're just entertaining the, 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 the masses. Whatever. The, we're getting hugs. I think that counts for something. <laughs> so I'm going to bring Danny back here in a few moments. We'll talk about uh, the genesis of the, the police hugging squad, how perhaps you can start one up in your area. And I think it probably is going to have to do with the fact that uh, when the police came out to deal with them, the cameras, they, they were very angry. So offering them a hug kind of diffuses all that. We'll see what Danny has to say here in a few moments. Danny from the U.K. is with us. His YouTube channel search for Everything is OK. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. Right now, we've got a, a special guest on the line. We'll take calls for him uh, with preference. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And we're inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. And you can buy whatever you need to buy. They've got dozens of categories in which you can shop, even used items. Anything that you buy through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, FreeTalkLive will get a percentage of the sale. It's the same great Amazon prices that you're used to, the free Super Saver shipping deals that you're used to. Just entering through that link is essentially our portal. It means we'll get credit. Uh, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Danny is with us. He is across the pond in the U.K., and... I've just fallen in love with uh, the activism that you've been doing, Danny, and that's one of the reasons why I reached out to you and I uh, invited you on the program here tonight so we can get your mess- get your uh, style, if you will, of activism out there 
to our listeners so they can perhaps adopt some of your ideas, the ones that they feel resonate the best with them uh, for themselves, or maybe they'll take some of your ideas and modify them and turn them into their own and and uh, and get out there and, and run with them. People can go to YouTube and search for Everything is Okay, and your videos will show up first and foremost. So again, that's Everything is Okay at YouTube, and we've talked about how you've got a very positive attitude. Uh, you, you have a megaphone, but you're not shouting down at people. You're, shout, you're, you're just talking, uh, speaking ideas uh, through the megaphone. You've got signs that you hold that uh, get interesting responses from people, maybe get their gears turning a little bit in their, in their heads. And one of the things that you've come up with is the police hugging squad. And I've talked about it briefly before on this program. And I, are you the originator of that, or is that your partner, Charlie, that, uh, that came up with it? What's the origin of the police hugging squad? It's just an idea that came up once. Um, it actually started at the G20. And there's a video which I'm going to try and get up on, that, on, on, on Charlie's channel because um, it's a beautiful, it's really actually a beautiful video. And, the, the, you know, they had this G, big G20 protest. And they had hundreds and hundreds of these, you know, helmeted, nasty, angry-looking, uh, intimidating policemen. And something just came up in my mind. Uh, I said, I'm, and I just said, right, I'm a member of the police hugging department, and, um, <laughs> and I'm going to go and give you all hugs. And at first, I, when I first did it, I said, would you like a hug? And they just kept saying no. And then I just went a little bit further, and I said to them, what would you do if, you, if I gave you a hug? And if they didn't say I'd arrest you, I just gave them one. Nice. And and, and it was just wonderful to watch. Um, and, and some of them say I'll arrest you, and then I just don't give them one. Um, sure. But that, that's how it originated, and I still do it. I, in fact, I did it today at, at a protest. Um, and it just takes the edge off everything, you know. I don't know how – in England, the police aren't armed, <laughs> Perhaps in the States it takes a little bit more guts, but it, it takes the edge off things, and it, it doesn't always do that. Um, there are no rules with this. It depends on who and you know who you're, you've got in front of you and how they're feeling that day. But often it makes them smile. And I think it's important. I think it's an interesting tactic, and it's it's very different because when I was first coming up in the, the, the liberty movement here, uh, again in the, the United States, when I was first coming up, I was coming up and I was angry, uh, very angry about what they were doing, you know, angry because they're putting marijuana smokers in jail and other peaceful people that haven't ever harmed another person or destroyed anybody else's uh, stuff. You know, they're putting peaceful people behind bars, and it was very upsetting to me, and I was angry at the police for it. And it's, you know, still not something that pleases me, uh, what, what they do, but I've, I've come to the conclusion that we're not going to get anywhere with these guys who are human. Human beings, even though they may not act like it in, in many circumstances, we're not going to get anywhere with them treating them as anything less than human beings. And I think that the uh, the, the idea of offering them a hug, like you're saying, takes the edge off. It brings down a few barriers, and maybe will allow them to see us, those who are a little bit, uh, who might differ a little with their tactics, to see us as human beings as well, instead of just, you know, suspects or uh, subjects or something like Perps. that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I've had a couple of other ideas which I'm developing at the moment um, for people uh, who, you know, for whom perhaps holding a sign is even a bit too much, um, which is, um, I, I don't know if you've come, have you come across the anti-terrorist on Ah, uh, yes, that's actually how I found... Uh, the C. Veitch channel was the anti-terrorist mentioned it on one of his videos. He's great. Yeah, because I've been 
uh, in correspondence with him. And I, what I want him to do is to create a special channel for the police um, to, to do some videos for them and create a special channel for them and strictly uh, only allow policemen, if possible, to, to comment. Or, or if anybody wants to comment and there are any anti-police comments, that he wouldn't allow them to go up on the channel. And then to have all over the world, to have sort of people printing up postcards. And you can do this on, like, uh, um, Vistaprint. You can get very, very cheap postcards printed up, right? Yep. And have them give them to the police, carefully worded, saying things like, um, you know, are you interested in hearing uh, information that your boss and your boss's bosses wouldn't want, like you to hear, or something like, I don't know, some, whatever, you, something, something that will lure them to see this channel um, so that they can start to get educated instead of, you know, going to protest and shouting against the police. And, like, Absolutely. Today and, if you're shouting, nobody is really listening. Uh, Danny, exactly. we've got some calls. People have some questions for you. Do you mind answering them? Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to Corby in Florida. Corby, you're on with Danny from the U.K. Hey, um, just wanted to say, you know, I listen to Alex Jones sometimes, mainly because it's kind of nice to get an alternative, you know, viewpoint. And I was just wondering, um, do you think that in the BBC in the in UK is the main media as censored as it appears to be or so pro-government as it appears to be here? Thank you, Corby, for the call. Danny? Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because the interesting thing about the BBC is that it's um, there's no advertising on it. Um, so you'd have thought that they'd be a bit more um, independent, but yeah, it's pretty much toes the party line. And actually, the BBC is—we're uh, probably going to do something at the BBC at some stage, make a video there. Oh, uh, be they fun. do pretty much toe the party line, yeah. Well, I'd like to point out that uh, there's nothing wrong with advertising. Uh, we've got advertisers on this radio program, and it helps us uh, get our message out more effectively to people. Uh, the BBC, of course, is a government-run operation, and so you know to expect them to behave independently is, uh, you know, I think kind of silly. I mean, they've got their interests, and they're going to promote them, just as we have our interests, and we're going to promote them, and our interests are hopefully supported by our advertisers, which is why they get behind our show in, in the first place. So without our advertisers, we wouldn't be able to be here doing what we do. And without yeah. our uh, listeners as well, who also contribute um, monetarily to this show, is there a way that people can support your efforts? I mean, financially, Danny, is that a possibility at this point? It's actually a great question, because we... Um we recently had a, a production, TV production company, um, show interest in what we do. Um, I'm in a very different, different situation than Charlie is. I, I have my own business, and I, in fact, it's very, very important for me um, not to get money from, from this because I think it, it could affect what I have to say. Um, so for me, I don't want money from this, and I also don't particularly want any serious amounts of fame. I think, you know, fame in today's world is is something that is very, very problematic. Good point, um, good point. I've got to get, a, get to another call because we're running short on time. Uh, let's go to Dave in Montana. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live with uh, Danny. Did you have something for him? Hey, yo, howdy, y'all. Hey, hey Dan, uh, or Dave. I think in America, if you went up and hugged a cop, they charge you with assault and battery. Well, that's why cop. he asks first. Uh, he he. But what, what's the phrase you use again, Danny, when you approach I them? Asked, what would you do if I gave you a hug? Right. So it's not like you're just running up and giving them a big bear hug or something like that. What would you do if I gave you a hug? You give them the opportunity to answer oh, that. So, oh, you ask them, and if they say okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah and you might be. The other cop I... would look at 
I think the other cops would give the other cops so much. <laughs> they probably will. Probably and, true. But nonetheless, and, and I then, have successfully gotten the police to uh, to to give me hugs. What I'll usually do is I'll approach them and say, I'm a member of the Keen Police Hugging Squad, and I'd like to offer you a hug today. And then I'll just open up my arms. And But I'm, I'm thinking maybe Danny's approach with asking the question of what would you do if I gave you a hug is uh, is a more a bold approach. But opening up your arms kind of uh, it, it makes them a little uncomfortable. Sometimes they do it. Sometimes they don't. Dave, if you've got more, I'll put you on hold we can bring it back in hour number two but uh danny yeah. i want to thank you for taking the time out uh, a lot of time out of your your night tonight uh and talking with free talk live do you have any final thoughts uh, before we have to move on yeah no i was just wanted to finish off what i was saying before which is that that um we have been i don't need money or want money but charlie hasn't got is out of work at the moment and and we're, we're sort of we're looking at the possibility of being able to donate so that he can continue doing what he's doing. Well, it's put, a a, difficult, put, put a up a website, call. maybe get a, grab a website, grab a URL, put that online and put a uh, PayPal link up there. And once it's up and once I get wind of it, we'll mention it on the show. And people that uh, are interested in helping you out, that may, might drive a handful of them over there. Lovely. Thank you so much. Thank God you, Danny. You. And keep up the great, great work. work. And, Danny, thanks, thanks for the stand that you're taking in the world. Yeah, thank you. Very courageous and very inspirational. Have a great night. More on the way. Thank Hour 2 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where the features are completely free. So enjoy those on us again, freetalklive.com. We are going to continue taking your phone calls here, and then... Believe it or not, we're going to go to another special guest. It's uh, all Mark's fault. He double booked uh, tonight without, well, actually, you didn't know it was a double booking, Mark. You booked somebody and you didn't talk to me or something like that, and we didn't know that there were two guests I blame you. So, uh, I'm blaming you. We're going to go to <laughs> your calls, though, briefly, and then we'll get to uh, Jim Babka from Downsize DC. First, we go back to Dave in Montana. Uh, I thought you might have had more to say, Dave, so I wanted to make sure we got to that as, after we uh, say goodbye to Danny from the U.K. So, Dave, you're back on Free Talk Live. Thank you. Hey, uh, it's about this medical plan, about they want to fine us if we don't purchase this stuff. Yes, the uh, the federal so, government's plan is that uh, there will be different fines based on whether you're single or so, married. So that means if I don't pay the fine, they're going to come and hunt me down and put me in jail, right? That's usually what happens when you don't pay the government's fines. 
And then that means that they're going to be paying $42,000 to keep me in jail. because Sure, I'm, sure. So but most means, people, but the way it's going to work, though, uh, Dave, is they're going to just jack it from your paychecks. And, and, you know, most Americans aren't entrepreneurs. They're not out there doing their own thing. They're getting a paycheck from somebody who has already uh, bowed down before the IRS and done everything they've demanded. And so when the IRS gonna, comes in and demands that they take uh, X amount of dollars out of your paycheck, gonna, that's what well, they'll do. They're going to make our employers uh, a tax collector. That's correct. Just, well, they already like are. They are. Yeah, they already are. So right. now they're going to even make them take more. Exactly right. You nailed it. As far as somebody like me, though, uh, somebody who is not employed by anyone, then, well, first of all, they're going to have a tough time finding out about me because I don't file their tax returns. But if they decide they want to find me, then, yeah, they will have to go, come directly after me and somehow, you know, levy my bank account. Uh, that's that's usually what they're going to do. They're going to try so to... So they're going just... to have to have a whole, a whole jail set up for... Uh medical well they're going to do everything they can to avoid putting you in jail i mean they they don't want to put you in jail they want to extract the money so for people that have jobs they're just going to have it taken out of their paychecks for somebody like me they'll just go to the my bank and they'll jack me you know they'll jack the money from the bank if i take all my money out of the bank and make it impossible for them to do that then the question is will they take the time spend the money and go through the effort to try to track me down to the point where they could actually bring charges and and throw me in jail is it possible yes will they need a whole jail to uh, build a whole jail for people like that no there just aren't enough entrepreneurs out there who will disobey. you don't think enough people will try to avoid this uh fascism i don't know what to to think i mean i know a lot of people are making a lot of noise about not liking the the healthcare thing but and it's, then- it seems like the usual story, us. Dave. The, the usual story is the Americans make a bunch of noise about some new government program they don't like, and then when it finally gets passed, they bow down yeah, and do whatever. Do and the IRS will pick out one no, or two why? individuals and really go no, after why? Because them. Because they keep giving out the credit cards. and that's Because who? Who's giving out credit cards? No, the, the, the people won't complain because they're bought off as long as they get their credit cards and they get their loans to pay for all of this stuff. And this, well, I, I don't they, know if that's the reason why they... Uh, they'll complain, it's just that they'll go along with it, right? And I then mean, they're going to tax us on the medical bills we get, right? No, they'll tax you on everything. Thank you, Dave, for the call tonight. I certainly appreciate hearing from you. I don't know what people's reason reasoning is, but... The way it tends to work is Americans will complain before something happens that the government's going to do, like the healthcare thing. They'll complain. They'll make a big bunch of hullabaloo about it. Then the program will go through, and they'll say, oh, the law is the law. I've got to follow it. And so they'll uh, they'll go ahead, and some of them will try to cheat it. Some of them, well, cheat's not the right word. Some of them will try to Duck remain it. free, if you will. Uh, but most of them will go along with the program, and they'll complain. You know, they'll complain while they're doing it. They'll complain about filling out the tax forms as they're filling them out and being good little obedient citizens. So let's continue with your calls and talk to Bob in Ohio. Bob, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, fellas. Uh, I did want to talk with Dan. He sounded like a, a, a John Lennon follower, and I love John Lennon. And uh, on, uh, on the marijuana issue, uh, you're fighting the entire system, the, the grid. You're, fight, you're fighting the tax people, the IRS. You're fighting uh, the insurance companies. You're, in fight, you're fighting the lobbyists. You're fighting uh, the medical and pharmaceutical corporations. Well, while I, while I see what you're saying, Bob, I'd, I'd like to just disagree with one part, and that is that I'm fighting, because I'm not fighting with anybody. 
Yeah. That's on what the I do. guns, I really liked listening to Dan. On the guns, I am happy and pleased that our law enforcement have guns. The problem with walking up and shaking or hugging a guy that's on duty, you know, he'll lose his job in a heartbeat. Plus, you don't know the intentions. What you t- of- Why would he lose his job? Oh no! If you if if that gun is taken from you, you're done on the police force. Well, we're not talking about walking up and taking a cop's gun. We're talking <laughs> no, about giving no. him a hug. In other words, that law enforcement officer doesn't know your intentions, and that gun he has to he is in charge of that gun. Well, for... I can tell you that I've given law enforcement officers hugs in public view in front of their superior officers, and they're at least here in Keene, New Hampshire. It was no problem. Yeah, you know, they know who I am. I mean, they. Oh uh, well, see, if they don't, if they don't know who you are on a personal basis, you know, they might decline because that gun is important, and he that, he would he would get in a world of trouble and probably lose his job. That that's true to some extent, but I think you can let them know from just how you're being with them that. I'm not a threat. Yeah, that you're well, being peaceful. It's all about well, your a warm your come from. Would do just as well. It doesn't, a, though. It, you know, the the warm handshake that that's impersonal. It doesn't have the same impact on them. It's not anywhere near as disarming as giving somebody a hug is. You should consider French kissing uh-huh. instead. I'd like to ask you, fellas, uh, and I wanted to ask Dan this: Did he believe in in one div- divine creator? I have watched some of his videos, and I, 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 mean, I don't intend to speak for him. This is my interpretation of what I've seen on his videos. He uh, definitely doesn't seem to be of, of a monotheistic mindset. He seems to have a, a kind of a similar belief system to those of us on this program, and that is, uh, you know, at least I can only really speak for myself, that, uh, that, you know, God, if you want to use that term, is essentially everything, or all that is, is God or goddess, whatever you want to call it. Well, uh, uh, many, many people around the world believe in in, in a divine, one all-knowing, all-sovereign, omnipresent, all-powerful, um, all-knowing, divine creator who created the entire universe. Because we believe his infinite knowledge and wisdom, uh, you know, put it all together and created all things. In other words, his handiwork is in anything from the other side of the galaxy or universe of creation. Do, do you believe in a, a judging God? Let me ask you this before no, I, I answer okay. that. Can I ask yes, you this? Yes, quickly. Do you believe if there is one divine creator of everything in the universe, everything, if, you, if, if there is such a person, do you believe he has do's and don'ts? Well, first of all, I don't believe in the uh, the, for, the former, so I don't know if I can accurately answer those. Yeah, the latter. I, I don't. Do, you, do I, you believe? In other words, you think God is 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 like uh, in everything? Do you believe that? I think I think God is everything. That we are all part of God. That we are all connected in in some way at a at a energy level, you know, what, however you want to describe it. Uh-huh. And I don't think that I am separate from God. And I think that a, an all-powerful, all-knowing being that exists outside of time that created a, a situation where I'm going to have to go to hell because I don't believe whatever it was that he set up in the beginning when I am a limited, not all-knowing creature um, is kind of a jerk. 
Can I ask you, uh, uh, as, as far as uh, being kind of like panatheistic, can I ask you, is, do you believe in a yin and a yang? In other words, a negative effect in, in motion in all, in all facets, and, and, and do you believe in a positive aspect? Yeah. In I think things. that's I, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Karma, uh, you know, the idea that uh, the, what you reap, you what you sow, you reap, that sort of thing. Thank you, Bob, for the call tonight. We can we can dig into that discussion here in a little bit. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But first, Jim Babka from Downsize DC. Live, it is available to you if you want to take control of the airwaves. Toll free number is 800 259 9231. Anything goes, you dial in 1 800 259 9231. The number brought to you by SACL CAI. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We have the bulletin board system with over 490,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Now is the time that you and your family need to be armed and trained at levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course today, plus 30-state concealed weapon permit, and get a free handgun. That's right, a free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's FrontSight.com. All right, let's go to Jim Babka from DownsizeDC.org. Jim, welcome back to Free Talk Live. Always nice having you on the program. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I've been watching you guys on your studio cam tonight, so if you'd like oh. to wave at me, that'd be really cool. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You guys keep, every time I'm on, you guys keep making progress. Well, mm-hmm. uh, we've, we've hit over 50 affiliates now, which I think is, uh, is pretty great for the, the only truly pro-liberty, uh, principled, syndicated uh, radio program out there. So things are going pretty well for Free Talk Live, and, and uh, always good having you on. Probably our longest-running, most frequently heard guest on the program here on, on a show that doesn't tend to have very many guests on. So, Jim, uh, what's going on with Downsize DC? First of all, give our new listeners a, a brief recap of what Downsize DC is and then give us the latest. Well, DownsizeDC.org is one of two organizations that we have over here, and, and it's the one we talk about the most. You come to our website, uh, DownsizeDC.org, and uh, there you'll find a variety of issues. Uh, we're best known for our Read the Bills Act, for example, and you just uh, you know, get quickly up to speed about one of those issues, put in your basic contact information. The system allows you to simultaneously send a personalized message to your representative and two senators uh, telling them where you want, what you want them to do. We look at these uh, representatives as our employees, and uh, we give them their work orders on a daily basis. And the great thing about our system is that when you do it, you don't do it. You, when you send that message, you don't do it alone. Uh, we send our Downsider Dispatch uh, free email newsletter out every day uh, to 28,000 plus subscribers. Now we're growing too. You'll be pleased to hear. And and uh, and those people, a lot of those people act every day. So when you speak, you're not speaking all by yourself. Your your voice is amplified by all the other people that are joining you. And it's and best of all, it's free. It's DownsizeDC.org. Excellent. Uh, I am not a fan of the federal government at all. I tend to believe that it's a hopeless case, but I think if anybody can change it, it's you, Jim Babka, because I believe in you. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. And, and you know what we're doing, and I know that you keenly appreciate that, is we're stepping outside of the uh, partisan electoral system, which is largely a rigged game. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. And, and uh, we're stepping outside of that system, and we're utilizing pressure. And we've seen pressure work this summer. Uh, we've seen the president uh, change his stand a little bit on the health care issue and, 
and back off on some of the caustic rhetoric that he was using. We've watched Republicans begin to pick up a proposal that they wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole back in April because it was, you know, too libertarian or freaky uh, that uh, people should be able to buy their insurance uh, in whatever state they want. Now Republicans are openly advocating that, and that came about not as a result of change at the ballot box. There was no election between April and now. That came about because Americans have been showing up in town halls and sending messages through groups like DC.org, and they have been making clear that uh, they expect Congress to, to do things differently. The pressure is beginning to work. The problem is there isn't enough of it yet. We need to build an army so large that Congress cannot afford to ignore it, and that's what we're setting out to do at DC.org. It's a peaceful army. One that's uh, not going to be picking up weapons and You might shooting. even go up and hug a politician. Who knows? <laughs> Ew, I, I don't know about I, that one. And I would like to grab their guns. But, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so what's happening with Downsize DC? What's, what's the latest? What's going on right now? Well, uh, uh, we have two things that I was hoping to come on and talk to you guys about today. We have a second organization, the Downsize DC Foundation, which participated in uh, by filing an amicus curiae brief, which means friend of the court, with this case that was talked about right in your news break, uh, where the Supreme Court came back early just to hear this one special case involving uh, incumbent protecting campaign finance laws. Uh, there's a potential that McCain-Feingold here could, or some part of it, could be overturned. And uh, we stepped into that making a free press argument. And DownsizedDC.org today, uh, for the first time in its history, released a song. Uh, we have a music video up, uh, available in today's current blog post at our site right there at the top of the page at DownsizedDC.org uh, called Brother Can You Spare a Fraud? And uh, fraud in this case is an acronym standing for Federal Reserve Accounting Unit, the dollar. And uh, what we're trying to do is point out to people that they've been basically robbed. Inflation has destroyed uh, their savings. It's destroyed the money that they're carrying around in their pocket. This is a, uh, the dollar itself is a fiction. Uh, it's based on people's confidence in it. It's based on the world's confidence in it. It's backed by nothing. Mm-hmm. And as a result, uh, it's, uh, it's been a way that the government's been able to uh, tax us uh, through counterfeiting, through operating basically a printing press operation, pr- printing up so many of these dollars that the value of them has gone down so much that your purchasing power since 1913, when the Federal Reserve was created, has gone down by 99%. It's an absolute robbery. Uh, it's highway robbery, and it continues to go on. Every time they uh, print more money, you lose more value. It's, it's pretty outrageous. So, how, so you've got a song that you're promoting with the purposes of just kind of going viral, perhaps, and getting the ideas of the, you know, explaining the Federal Reserve to some ex- extent? Yeah, you know, the, the, what we found, Ian, is that when most people attempt to describe this issue, they start th- throwing around phrases like fiat currency and fractional reserve banking and reserve ratios and uh, open window requirements, and on and on it goes. And even worse, some of them start getting into these conspiratorial arguments about how bankers run the world and, and this is really a plot to destroy all of us. And none of these arguments are persuasive. The first set is too complicated. The second set is a turnoff to most people. And it doesn't get through the, the real uh, essential problem here, and that is that we are being robbed. Uh, this system allows, uh, when a counterfeiter prints up money, he can walk into a town and buy everything at today's prices. And then tomorrow, uh, that money will begin to filter out. People will realize there's more money out there chasing goods, or actually they'll realize that there's more demand for their goods because more dollars are out there. And uh, they will uh, raise prices accordingly. Uh, but that first guy with the, with the fresh dollars, he gets to buy everything on the cheap. And that first guy in this instance are your banks and, and your federal government. And the federal government uses it to buy things like war tools. It allows them to go and dominate the, uh, the rest of the countries in the world and uh, impose 
not, uh, not only upon us here in the United States, but on nations all over the, the globe. So you and can so this, see this uh, the music video, and then you can actually take action all at DownsizedDC.org, is that right? Yeah, we, we've, got, uh, we've set up a new domain, GiveUsHonestMoney.com, uh, which uh, ties into, which Dan Litwin, the artist who sings and uh, the song, uh, Brother, Can You Spare a Fraud?, uh, recommends, and, and uh, that takes you directly to our Honest Money campaign, which were three bills that Ron Paul has yet to introduce, I don't know why, uh, that would take away the coinage and legal tender monopoly that the government owns and would uh, pave the way for a, an alternative uh, money system for people to be able to conveniently trade in gold uh, and not have to deal with the tax or, a monopoly, uh, or the uh, legal tender laws that, that currently make things so difficult. Uh, for us as Americans in, in, in terms of having a, an alternative system. And that alternative system, every time somebody opted out peacefully in a transaction, they would be diminishing the power of the Federal Reserve at the same time. You know, I, I did, I've seen the video a couple of times now, the, the uh, Brother Can You Spare a Fraud at uh, YouTube.com. And I, what I love about it is there's this little bit in the middle where they do uh, Gilligan's Island. They take a, a part of Gilligan's Island on it where, where Mr. Howell is uh, explaining what uh, makes for a strong monetary system. And then this guy from uh, this Tin Pot dictator from some nowhere uh, little South American country says, Hey, in my country, all you need is paper and a printing press. And turns out, shortly after they make that, that's what we do here in the United States. You know, Jim, exactly. I know you had something else you wanted to cover, so hang on. We'll bring you back for that in moments. More with Jim Babka from DC.org and your calls about whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on Free Inspection and Estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. show is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is brought to you by SACL CAI. You can dial in and bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That again, toll-free 800-259-9231. If you've got a question for Jim Babka from DownsizeDC.org, he is with us. You're welcome to dial in with that as well. Audible.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks. Um, all you have to do is go there and you can browse them. There's Culture of Corruption by Michelle Malkin, uh, The South of, uh, South of Broad by Pat Conroy, and The White King by Philippa Gregory. All of them you can get for free by going to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. If you don't put the FTL on the end, you don't get one for free. It's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. I don't know who those last two authors were, but I don't know why anyone would want to read Michelle Malkin. Well, you yeah. know, I'm just saying that's up there at the top. That's I can't say it's my favorite, but somebody wants it's to read there. it, right? Yep, and 60,000 titles, so you'll find something you like. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for your free audiobook. With 60,000 titles, you're bound to find something you don't, too. Yep, no doubt about it. Let's go back to Jim Babka from DownsizedDC.org. Uh, Jim, you're back on with us here telling us about some of the latest happenings over at Downsize DC. You've released your first music video with the hopes of putting the uh, the meme of the Federal Reserve in an understandable fashion into people's hands and their eyes and their ears. And, of course, you're also allowing people to get in touch with their so-called representatives and, uh, and hopefully promote some 
freedom-oriented monetary uh, legislation. That's one of the things that you are covering at uh, you're covering right now at DownsizedEC.org. What else did you want to share with our listeners tonight? Well, we have a separate organization, also an educational organization called the Downsize DC Foundation, that participated in a, a Supreme Court case that was uh, heard yesterday. The court came back special to hear this case. And one of our former co-plaintiffs, back when, uh, way back, you guys will remember when uh, we were, had an organization called Real Campaign Reform, and we took a case all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. One of our co-plaintiffs was a group called Citizens United, and they challenged, uh, they, they were, found themselves in a very difficult position due to the McCain-Feingold law. They had a movie called Hillary, and it was a, an expose about Hillary Clinton put together by like-minded people who wanted to get the word out about their view on Hillary Clinton. And uh, the video was never, uh, never allowed to be played publicly. It was, uh, it was banned. The FEC said that under the McCain-Feingold law, uh, that if they aired that, uh, that video, the, uh, the, the leaders of Citizens United would go to jail. And uh, that was that. So they, they took their case, and they got it all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And uh, the court is now looking at potentially overturning parts of McCain-Feingold and maybe even Austin uh, v. Michigan Chamber of Commerce, which was a law that uh, – uh, which was a ruling by the court that said, hey, you know, if uh, corporations engaged in, in uh, political statements and the government decides to regulate uh, uh, those issuance of statements, that uh, there's no violation of the First or the Fourteenth Amendment, despite the fact that the First Amendment says quite clearly, Congress shall make no law. And I don't understand the ambiguity in that, but that's what they do. The significance or the importance <laughs> of this case, the significance or importance of this case to everybody listening is if you were wondering why incumbents win again and again and again and again, and you can't seem to beat them at their game, uh, there's a lot of reasons. But the very, very top of the list, the one that's the most dominant, is they keep challengers from being able to raise money. And that's the purpose of the campaign finance reform laws. And one of the ways that challengers can organize or even regular citizens can make sure their voice is heard is through organizations like Citizens United or DownsizedDC.org or any other kind of corporation that they choose to form uh, that pools their resources. You know, Ian, you and I don't have the ability of our own as independent means to go out and uh, produce a documentary about Hillary Clinton. But if we pool all of our resources, potentially we can do that. Well, as the, the, the federal government has said, first of all, you're going to need a license. You're going to need to file and get permission from us to do it. You're going to have to follow our requirements for how you raise the money and report it. A treasurer is going to have to come on board and take full legal liability for the actions of your group. And, uh, uh, and, the, and the law is very complex, and the system for posting your information is very complex. And if it all goes wrong, too bad. And the, and the fines are, are potentially steep. And uh, since McCain-Feingold, some things, as you, I just said, are also criminal now, that you criminal. can actually go to jail for doing them, yeah. such as running an ad during the final 60 days of a campaign, mentioning a candidate by name uh, on TV or in radio. Mm. And so uh, this is the situation we've arrived in, and we really do need to overturn these laws. It's very important. We filed an amicus curiae brief, which means friend of the court, arguing that we have, as citizens, a right to freedom of the press. It's not just the institutional uh, media that has that right. This is an individual American right. Everyone has it, and a press right is merely a planned communication. You've decided to uh, buy a billboard or, or do something on the Internet or, or build a radio ad. Uh, it's a planned communication designed to broadcast an idea uh, to other people, to share your ideas with other people. And by definition, these almost always cost money, and so money is essential to this process, and the ability for us as citizens to pool our resources is crucial uh, as we express ourselves in, in, in an allegedly free democracy. And so people can uh, help you out with that also at DownsizedDC.org. How easy is it to actually use this oh system, Jim? Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? 
Jim Babka. Uh-oh. Sounds like we've got some phone troubles there. Well, um, perhaps we will hear back from uh, from Jim. We'll we'll try him back here uh, shortly. But just kind of uh, getting the latest. Always interesting to hear what he's up to. He's one of the doers. Uh, Jim Babka. He. Uh, I remember when I first met Jim over the phone. He was the the press guy, the press manager for the Harry Brown campaign back in uh, the year 2000, and I was working on getting Harry Brown uh, booked so I could interview him uh, way back when. And that's when I first met Jim Babka, and he spun off and really started to, to do some uh, some great work and has been doing so since. Jim, do we have you back? I don't think so. All right, well, head on over to DownsizedDC.org. You'll find out that uh, that what they have is an is amazingly easy system to use to contact these people that are so-called uh, representatives in Washington, D.C. Will they listen to what you have to say? Well, that's another question, but it'll make it easy for you. You won't have to go through the process of filling out any forms on any websites except just the first time you sign up for Downsize D.C. Just fill out their sign-up form, and then from that point on, whenever you send out a message via their system... Their software goes behind the scenes. It goes to that person's, uh, that representative's website, fills out all the information on their submission form for you. You don't see any of this stuff happening. It's just happening behind the scenes. When you click submit, your words, uh, your ideas go out to these people, and it makes it a very, very simple process. So doing great work over there, Jim Babka at DownsizedDC.org. You can go and get signed up, and then you'll get clued in with the Downsize DC Dispatch all over at downsizedc.org. You know, it's it's they've got a lot of issues going on over there, and uh, they send out updates probably three or four times a week, and I respond to it all, all of them. I mean, you know, I feel like it, it, it if if we all respond at the same time, it's going to have a little more synergy. That's the intention is to get people coordinated, if you will, with their writings to the uh, the people in in D.C. And, I, you know, he's pointed to a few things in the past where it looks like Downsize D.C. has teamed up with some other organizations, and, you know, they've actually made some progress in, in some areas. So uh, have miracles happened yet? No. But then again, he doesn't have all, a huge amount of people. He's got several thousand folks that are on board with the Downsize D.C. dispatch, but I don't think it's eclipsed 100,000 at this point. I think it's up the 50... 50, 60, maybe somewhere up there. I haven't checked the numbers uh, in a while. but So that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to uh, to grow the ranks of the downsized DC army, as he calls it. It's too bad that we lost him. I really wanted to ask him and get his perspective on uh, just the people in general. I watch all of these town hall uh, meetings where people are just really upset and really getting angry at the politicians. The politicians are saying, hey, these are my town halls. I can run them the way I want to. You can't film me and this and that. And I see people waking up to the the sort of red-blue paradigm, and I think, you know, some of them are, some of them clearly aren't, but I think people are looking for some kind of alternative uh, to the the standard Republican or Democrat paradigm that is out there, and I think Downsize D.C. might be a good place for those people to come and, you know, find a way to make a difference. I hope so. Uh, you know, I've, I get the same feeling. It seems to me that America has is uh, has a, a, an opportunity that's completely unprecedented in its history, in world history, is that we had... A, a total red team in from 2000 to 2006 um, in the in, in Washington. It was all Republican Senate, House, White House, the whole deal. And here in, and from 2008 to at least 2010, we're going to have total blue team. It's House, Senate, and uh, the House of Representatives. And it looks like the Senate is actually entirely controlled to the point that they actually have you know uh, the the two thirds majority or whatever it is they need six tenths or something like that. Um, that's so important in passing bills in the Senate. 
and Americans are going to get to see at the end of this, holy crap, it doesn't matter. The government still gets bigger. These people still do whatever the heck they want to do. It's business as usual. Change my butt and hope my butt. Sam, you'll have your chance to, to actually ask Jim what you wanted to because we got him back. Uh, we'll be back with a little more with Jim Babka. Your calls as well. 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. If you want to take control of the airwaves, dial on in toll-free at 800-259-9231. And you can bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And we're inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote us at promote. .freetalklive.com. There's a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations and into more people's MP3 players, into eyes and ears or ears around uh, the world. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. And if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need to know about SACL CAI. They do collections, early early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. We've got Jim Babka with us from downsizedc.org. He, uh, something happened with our connection a few moments ago, but he's back and you were uh, talking about some of the latest things happening with Downsize DC, getting people, as always, as you have been, uh, getting people to act in concert with one another without even having to know one another. Uh, you basically you send out a, a Downsize DC dispatch that outlines whatever the current issue is. It may be the, you know, the Federal Reserve or, or something else. And you'll give people the opportunity to take action. They'll go. They'll utilize the account they've already set up. It makes it uh, literally just a few clicks, and they have sent a message out to their so-called representatives in D.C., but it's not just them. They're doing it at the same time as thousands of other people, or relatively the same time as thousands of other people. And your system, which is completely free uh, to the user at DownsizeDC.org, makes that easy. Jim, are you still with us? Yes, I am. Now, I'm glad to be so. Excellent. Sam had a question for you uh, when you were off the air. So, Sam, if you could recount that, because I don't know if Jim was able to hear it. Sure. Uh, Jim, you've got to be one of the most plugged-in guys I know when it comes to politics. And I've been watching all of these town halls and seeing the people get upset and ask these tough qu- questions of the politicians that are brave enough to even hold them. And, you know, it's not something that I've seen before. And I'm starting to think that people are waking up to the red-blue paradigm and realizing that there's very little difference. They both want to grow the government. Um, and I and I think people are, are kind of seeing that, and they maybe don't know what to do. And I think Downsize DC may be a great place for some of those folks to go. Is that is that your experience? Is are you seeing people that are are sort of waking up to the the par, to the paradigm shift and and coming out of that, or is it just you know the the mad Republicans who are have lost their uh, we, their ability to wield the power of government? Well, there's both, and and and, and the mad Republican part is actually I think a little more interesting because uh, some of them are actually waking up as as this process is going on. You know, if you go out and you stake a claim and say, here's what I believe, and you say it loudly and you say it strongly, as these tea parties and town halls are causing people to do, if you're trying to rally your friends, say, look, we've got to do something to stop what's going on, and then the next administration comes along and it's your party and it's proposing the very same thing, it starts to set in, on, not on everyone, obviously, but on a, let's say, sizable plurality of people, who recognize that, gee, this is now I'm contradicting myself. I, you know, I was pretty loud in one position. Now I'm 
being asked to, to go the other direction. And uh, I, I think a lot of people are, are waking up in this process of switching administrations and switching uh, Congresses is a process that's going to peel some more people out. Uh, they're going to recognize, and I think on, on the, the other side of the aisle as well, uh, that, that uh, their parties really are not that divergent. You know, Barack Obama has come in largely and, and rubber stamps much of what uh, George Bush did in the areas of civil liberties and the war, and, uh, and then proceeded to go out and build massive expansion or seek massive expansion of social programs. So, um, you know, it's, it's George Bush with uh, much more spending. Uh, and who, who would have <laughs> thought that we'd be talking about more spending than George Bush? It's hard to imagine. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and by the way, Republicans used to oppose such things, and now they're waking back up to their roots. Uh, the Republicans, by the way, are a, a much are almost a wonderful party when they're in the minority. Yeah, um, I, I like know, what they begin they... saying very great things when they're in the minority, and so I've like, actually kind of started to enjoy them a little bit. Um, but I know, sure didn't like them. Prone to do the right thing. I sure didn't like them before, though. In front of them. I sure didn't I'm like sorry? them when they. I'm sorry, Jim. We keep on talking over each other. I said I sure I sure didn't like them between 2000 and 2006, though. No, I didn't either. And in fact, uh, that I would go so far as to say even uh, up until inauguration day this year. Uh, but uh, and I still have a lot of reservations about them. You know, we, we, I mentioned earlier that uh, the pressure has worked, and one of the ways that it has worked is that uh, now Republicans are expounding this idea of portability of health insurance, the idea that you would be able to buy insurance uh, not just in New Hampshire but any other state of the union that you chose where a plan matched your uh, your needs and, and your uh, budget. And uh, that's something now the Republicans have begun to embrace, but it took them several months to do it because they're they're still scared of the idea of action, of liberty and allowing people to make these decisions themselves. They still want to uh, play uh, play the game. Uh, and we were when we first started working on the health care issue back in in June with the coalition of people. We started talking about forming a coalition. The big threat at that moment was that Charles Grassley any second was going to cut a deal. He's a Republican senator that was leading the negotiations in the Senate uh, from uh, Iowa. Iowa. And uh, he was leading the negotiations, and he was going to compromise on this, and, and, a, and a package was going to get passed in July. Well, enough opposition built up that by the time he returned home to his district in August, he'd seen the light. He felt the heat. He saw the light. He stood up in front of everybody and said, you should be scared of this plan. We should all be scared of this plan. We should do everything we can to stop it. Uh, what changed between June and August? I believe it was the amount of pressure that was focused in on him, and I'm very encouraged. I've spoken at uh, four of these uh, tea parties. I'm encouraged by what I see happening in the town halls, and obviously not everything I'm seeing. And, and I, I recognize that there's angry Republicans. There may even be a tinge of racism in some of these, in, in some instances as well. But there are a lot of people who are beginning to wake up to things, and they're discussing issues and understanding things like the Federal Reserve that they never understood before. And I think when the Republican administration comes back, it's not going to have as much rope as George Bush had uh, to take us off into the various big government adventures he had in mind. What about term limits? Is that going to solve everything? No, uh, you know, we have term limits in my home state, the Buckeye state of Ohio, and what it simply means is there's a rotating number of uh, rotating positions. Uh, uh, Mark, if you're the state rep and you're term limited out and I'm the local mayor, we just switch roles. And uh, there's a lot of that going on, and uh, so it, it didn't really solve the problem. I still think it's beneficial, uh, but uh, it's not going to We need, I think, to find ways to bind down their, their other ways to bind down their mischief, uh, it working within the procedures of government. Well, I, of course, support. I fully support non-cooperation and uh, civil disobedience. I think that'll bind them down pretty effectively. But, Jim, hang (laughs) hang on here for a moment. We've got a call for you. Uh, Dan is on the line in San Diego. Dan, you're on with Jim Babka from DownsizeDC.org. Hi. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Sounds good, Dan. All right. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm Dan, the guy that Dan Litwin, the guy that uh, uh, produced the song for Jim at his request. 
the brother, can you spare a frog? And uh, it's been a lot of fun. I, Jim, I want to thank you one more time for uh, asking me to do that. Uh, to just quickly, you know, throw in my opinion here, you know, uh, I, I have developed a little, a little uh, talk that gets especially left-wingers uh, kind of coming to the side of maybe thinking about less government. And I use, I use the choice angle because we really have no choice when policy is set in Washington, D.C. It implies that there's only one way to live. And left-wingers really, really, really abhor that idea that there's only one way to live. But it's, it's interesting. There's a Tenth Amendment that says they weren't supposed to do 99% of what they do today, and there's no discussion of the Tenth Amendment. So as far as electing better people, what's the difference who's elected when the power they gain? These are my two points. What's the difference who's elected when the power they gain is so great that it guarantees their corruption? And the founders knew this, so they set in place, a Tenth Amendment, so there wouldn't be a, a federal power grab, and we wouldn't be all forced into one way to live, and that power then being the corrupting power again. Jim, Jim, your thoughts? Well, I, I, I like that. I think you know that's a very, that's a very compelling argument. Uh, another one is where's the gun? You know, in every one of these instances, somebody's got a gun being pointed at their head, and they're being compelled to behave. Do you really think that violence is a good way to get things done? Uh, you know, the argument of uh, regulatory capture, that uh, when we set out to create boards and, and, and agencies and bureaus to regulate various industries, that eventually the biggest players in that industry gain control of the board. And uh, they set the rules. They appoint the players, and those players have an eye on their future employment within those corporations. And so, uh, you know, the idea that somehow we can, we can get these two entities together and that uh, the government will rule over the corporations and keep them in line, uh, is, it's quite the opposite. The government will be doing the bidding of these corporations, and and uh, all of these are arguments that I think we need to make to our progressive friends. Well said, uh, Dan. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. And if folks want to go and hear the song, uh, it is available. Is it on the front page right now? Uh, yeah, Jim? right now it's a, it's a blog post, and we'll put up. The, well, actually, over the weekend we'll put up the video by itself. But uh, if they just go to the first blog post right now at downsizedc.org at the top of the page, we've got both an audio and a video link inside that piece. And one more time, the song is called what? Brother, Can You Spare a Fraud? And fraud stands for Federal Reserve Accounting Unit, the dollar. It's very cute. So you can go and you can listen, you can watch all at downsizedc.org. Jim, always great having you on the show. Thanks for coming on tonight. My pleasure. Keep up the great work out there, and thank you. 800-259-9231 as we uh, launch here shortly into hour number three. We'll take your calls about whatever is on your mind. And I don't know, I'm sure we'll have something to talk about that uh, you might find interesting here in moments. You can bring up anything. That is the point of Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231, hour three, coming up shortly. This is Ian. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time. You and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a front sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar and get your free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T dot com. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free gun. 
Again, that's FrontSite.com. We are back with more Free Talk Live, launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial on in, toll free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. And we will take your calls about whatever is on your mind. For the last, uh, I guess it's been, uh, ever since I went to Freedom Fest out in Las Vegas, I found out about a comic by Big Head Press called Escape from Terra. And then an online comic, right? It, it's an online comic, correct. Thank you. And then I went to their website at BigHeadPress.com, and I found out they have all kinds of online comics there, and they all have kind of a liberty-oriented view on uh, the issues. Uh, they're they're rolling out a new comic over there. It's called Phoebus Crumb, and it's uh, well, I'd, I'd say the first five pages or so that are online, six pages or so that are online now. They're updating it every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They're a little prurient in nature. Um, my understanding is could be I, I know that uh, the, the the artist there Scott Beezer quite the, the libertarian, and it's my understanding that uh, well since it's uh, L. Neil Smith writing the uh, the comic, it certainly will be a libertarian comic. But uh, they seem to be uh, having a good time uh, talking there with their character uh, Phoebus Crumb. So I recommend going to BigHeadPress.com, checking out the new comic, reading Escape from Terra. I enjoyed them both. BigHeadPress.com. Correct. All right, 800-259-9231. That's the toll-free number. Coming up, the United States Department of Homeland Security teaming up with the Girl Scouts. We'll find out what that's all about here in a bit. But first, we go to Scott in Massachusetts. Scott, you are on Free Talk Live. Yes, good evening, gentlemen. Oh, How are Scott, you? Scott the bigot. Uh, that's right, Scott was, the anti-Semite. I was great until you called, Scott. Well, you know, gentlemen, I want to tell you something. Tomorrow, as you know, marks the 8th anniversary of 9-11. Obama oh, gave his, his health care speech yesterday, and, uh, and of course, not only the health care in 9-11, but uh, you were just discussing the Federal Reserve. Do you know, gentlemen, there's a common denominator be- between all three entities? Do you know what that is? Jews, 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 right, well, Scott? the common entity <laughs> is 9-11, when we were attacked, is because of the aid we gave to Israel, uh, the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee, well, and George, George Bush was beholden to them. Health care, uh, you've heard of George Soros. And Rahm Emanuel and David Axelrod, Saul Linsky, Barney Frank, they're out there, communist Jews, pushing for this health care. And they're all named George? What's that? And they're all named George. Is Barney. That the, that's the thing tying them together? One of them is Barney. And then, oh, and then the Federal Reserve, I know that you may not admit it, but you've got the Federal Reserve System. And the Federal Reserve System was discussed in detail by Henry Ford in the 1920s in his famous The International Jew, which basically says that the money supply is controlled, international Jewish bankers on Wall Street have a stranglehold on our economy, and Paul Warburg founded the Federal Reserve off Jekyll Island in Georgia in 1913. So uh, what do you want to do with all this, yeah. uh, What are you going to do about it, Scott? What I'd like, this is what I'd like to do. Knowledge is, my, I, my mom had a saying, or my dad, knowledge is power. They got and without knowledge, not. you can't do anything in this world. Okay, You've got so, to know what's going on. So, Scott, you want to take your message of hate and bigotry towards Jews and get other people thinking the same way, and that's going to make the world a better place? No, Is that... It's not bigotry. It's not hate. It's being educated. Let me give you an analogy. If you had termites in your home, mm-hmm. you would want to get an exterminator. To... Uh, so you're comparing <laughs> Jews to termites? No. I'm saying that there he is a guessing. problem in this mm. country. 
between, uh, I'll, I'll cut out all the double talk, international Zionist Jews that got us involved in, in the Iraq 9-11 and Afghanistan wars and over 4,500 dead American boys, $1 trillion in debt, international capitalist Jews that have sucked our economy into a depression with, with Bernie Madoff and Alan Schwartz. Is that all the no, Jews, no, though? No, 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 Just no. out of curiosity. What uh, about the burger-flipping Jews? I mean, what about the garbage-men Jews? Are all the Jews? There are no, there are no garbage-men Jews. You've got to understand, gentlemen, there's a Gentile <laughs> mind and a Jewish mind. You're you know so what that sick. means? Let me explain. A You're Jewish so mind <laughs> is a man will rob a bank out of a trillion dollars with a ledger. A Gentile will rob a bank with a gun. Well, and, and a that's Jew so much will better. stay at a hotel, a 10-star hotel, but a Gentile will stay in a trailer park. A Jew You're will so... hire somebody to fix his car, but a Gentile will get yeah, under the Scott, hood you know, you know under his fingernails. I won't you know... do that. Am I a Jew? <laughs> I could be. I'm adopted. <laughs> hey, but... is, is it genetic? I mean, would I, could I be a Jew and not know I'm a Jew, and would I still act like a Jew? You would have Jewish characteristics. <laughs> but there's lots of Jews that look different. I mean, you know, the, you can't pick a Jew out of a lineup. I don't know. There Who are always characteristics, and the characteristics are this greed, avarice, avarice materialism, avarice? materialism, being obnoxious, always saying, my son went to Harvard or Yale, always pushing their materialism in your face. Who has more money? Who has more of this? Uh, not saying that Gentiles yeah, now, can't be more Scott, now you're actually getting to the root of the uh, the problem here. It's not that the, the Jews or the evil bankers did this to us. It's that people believe in the government. People believe that the government has their best interests at heart and that they're giving them a sound money to use and, and that you know they can trust everything that they learned in the government-run school system. If people didn't believe in that, in that uh, paradigm, then their power would evaporate overnight. The problem is that Scott got beat up by a Jew in, in high school. Is that in I don't believe... You see, you see, gentlemen, maybe my problem is this. My faith was shattered years ago. I don't believe in our government. I don't believe anything it says. I don't believe in anything. But you know what I do believe in? I believe in white power. Ugh, get I off, believe get in America. Phone, I can't, so I can't, I can't, no, I can't take it. you anymore. Take Goodbye. Uh, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We will let you bring yeah, up anything. Apparently, but... it, it affected you the same way it affected me when he said white just power. Disgusting. It was just so awful. Just so terrible. You know, one of the other things that uh, the problems that uh, you identified, one of them, Sam, and that the other one is that people believe in groups. You know, yeah. that, that people believe that, well, all Jews are the same. They're all greedy. They're all this and that. They're all, all black people are the same. All uh, this, you know, it just, it just doesn't matter. All people People with brown hair and brown eyes, they're all the same. All people with pointy ears, they're all the same. Mm-hmm. It's just nonsense. And it's just so obviously nonsense right on its face to say that just because you are of X, Y, Z or whatever uh, place you've come from or whatever religion you happen to adhere to means you're you're the same, that you have the same values and the same belief systems as, as other people who have similar upbringings or similar uh, plots of land in which they were born is just it's so ignorant of reality it's, right. it, people As, are different they're human beings they they all have different experiences and they've come to different conclusions as if caucasians have the same 
experience in being brought up. I mean, not yeah. only do they come from uh, you know j- just different land masses over in the in in Europe and uh, East Asia, excuse me, West Asia, um, but they uh, you know they they get over here, they have different experiences, they come from different uh, economic strata, you know, just all kinds of different things. I, you know, I was just at the uh, the, the the carnival uh, this weekend, and I was watching the carnies. You know, there's plenty of white carnies there have an entirely different experience of life than uh, I do. Absolutely. So, I mean, you, you just if you think you can pick somebody out because of their genetics <laughs> and they're a good person or a bad person, it seems to me you've got an extraordinarily simple view of life. And that kind of simple person is going to have all kinds of shenanigans uh, played upon them. Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. But, you know, like I say, we'll let anybody on the air on this program, no matter how uh, spiteful and how nasty they are, just we don't guarantee you how much time we're going to give you. And, you know, Scott gets uh, he gets more time than I think is absolutely necessary because he's really good at making himself look bad. We don't really have to say anything to Scott. We just have to ask a few questions uh, to get him to reveal how truly ignorant and how truly spiteful and hate-filled that he is. Can you imagine waking up in the morning and being Scott? Hmm. Can you imagine that? No. I mean, every, no. The, the Jews are behind everything. I mean, they're, they're behind everything in this man's world. And everything is uh, everything that they, they do is evil. There couldn't possibly be a good Jewish person right. in this man's paradigm. And, of course, it shuts off the opportunity. Um, and I feel, I, I feel that... To meet and get to know and appreciate Jewish people? God tends to, to put these opportunities in your path. There's going to be some good uh, Jew out there that uh, is going to show up, and Scott's liable to pass him on by and not have the great relationship that he was going to have with this guy because of his, uh, you know, his beliefs, and they, they suck. And, and he's got to feel powerless you know, to do anything about it, and that's probably where the anger and the hatred just builds up and builds up over time, and... It's a shame to see what it results in. Hate hates the hater, Scott. More on the way. You take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. It will tell you about the Girl Scouts teaming up with the federal government. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever buy their cookies again. We're coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. We're inviting you to our website, and that is freetalklive.com. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners there with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video to prove they listen to the show. Just head on over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see that. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Dot com. And have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? Well, you should have by now. He's got five days of firearms training waiting for you, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and your free gun. That's FrontSight.com. As we continue here, uh, the story is out of the AFP in Washington, where the United States federal government wants to enlist 3.4 million Girl Scouts in the effort to combat hurricanes. 
you know that? The Girl Scouts are going to combat hurricanes. I can hardly imagine how that's going to go. They're going to shake their boxes of cookies in the air at them and do a rain dance or something well, like I'm that. Well, I'm sure the, the, the Girl Scouts can, you know, provide uh, probably a better uh, resource to the hurricane-stricken mobs than, say, your average 10-year-old girl. Maybe but, so. Maybe um, so. I, you know, I don't I, want to make fun of the Girl Scouts. I think they're, you know, what they generally do is probably a very valuable thing. But in this particular instance, they may lose uh, any of the, any support I've given them in the past. Uh, they not only want them combating hurricanes, they also want them combating pandemics, terror attacks, and other disasters. The Department of Homeland Security launched a campaign Tuesday to entice the blue, brown, and green-clad multitudes to be even more prepared with the promise of a new patch if they pitch in. The young scouts will be able to. This is, by the way, that that pitch in phrase is one you're you're going to be hearing thrown around as the the whole idea of national service, or as I prefer to call it, national slavery, continues to be uh, propagated and uh, and essentially promoted by the federal government and, and the people within it. We know that they're they're moving towards this. They've been talking about it for the the past couple of years and it, around the September 11th date, of course. As we're doing this show, it's the 10th. But around the September 11th date, you start to hear more about national service and the need to have a a civilian corps that's separate from the military that all young people in America will be indoctrinated into. They'll be brought in for three months or six months or two years. They haven't yet nailed down all the details on what exactly national service, so-called, is going to look like. But it is pretty ominous sounding, I will tell you that. Yeah, this is really concerning to me because it seems like the the current administration is really making an effort to target children. I mean, there's this story. There yes. was the speech into the, the government schools. That stuff happens. I, I, I would give that one a pass because well, but it's not the, the first time anything like that's ever occurred. That's true. But did you see the uh, Department of Education uh, lesson plan that went along with it? I saw some of the, the instructed some of that, yeah. teachers to take quotes from our great leader and hang them up on the wall and have the students, yeah. you know, ask why is the president so important? It. That sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's just absurd. It, It almost seems like they're making a concentrated effort to just redouble their efforts to indoctrinate the youth into this government paradigm so that we become ineffective. Girls, if you want to help people, you have to work with the government. If you want to help people who are in uh, disastrous circumstances, you need to work with the Department of Homeland Security. You can't do anything on your own. Yeah, FEMA, etc. They do such a great job now. So the young scouts will be able to emblazon their sashes or vests with the patch, a special government Department of Homeland Security patch, if they undergo the training which readies them for an emergency. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Janet Napolitano said that the new preparedness patch will increase citizen preparedness and enhance our country's readiness for disasters. As a former Girl Scout, I know the Be Prepared motto well. And I look forward to working with the Girl Scouts to spread the preparedness message to all of our nation's citizens. The move is part of a month-long government effort to make... Be scared, citizens. Be scared (laughs) of the possibilities. Mm -hmm. The world is a dangerous place. It could open up at any moment and swallow you up. And only government can keep you safe. That's really the message here. The move's part of a month-long government effort to make Americans better able to cope with natural and man-made disasters. 
Napolitano's urged individuals, families, and Except businesses. It's a man-made disaster of Washington, D.C. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dear God, talk about a man-made disaster. Yep. She's... <laughs> the United States hasn't had to deal with a disaster as big as Washington, uh, besides Washington, in its whole history. Washington is the big disaster. And it keeps Washington getting worse. Washington was responsible for the Civil War, which the, was the largest killing of, any, uh, of, of American citizens. Washington was responsible for all the wars that we got into. Um, you know, in dropping uh, nuclear in, weapons in the 20th century internment the, camps. Yep. Uh, you know, it, one might certainly be able to make an argument for the uh, the Pacific theater of World War Two, but I don't think that anyone can make a successful argument for the use of nuclear weapons. They can't make an, a good argument for the internment of our citizens during World War Two. Any of these things. Um, Washington is the biggest man-made disaster, and I don't think that uh, their, their little program here is going to have anything to do with setting the Girl Scouts uh, marching on Washington. The unveiling of the patch marks a partnership between the Scouts and Citizen Corps. Guess they already have the Citizen Corps, huh? Uh, it's a community-based initiative under the DHS's Federal Emergency Management Agency, which coordinates national response to disasters. The chief executive of the Girl Scouts says the tie-up with Citizen Corps provides an opportunity for our girls to lead the way in ensuring that their families and communities are prepared for emergencies. And you know, it all sounds great, right? I mean, who doesn't want to be prepared for an emergency, right? You want to have some food on hand. You want to have the, the availability of uh, being able to get some water and that sort of thing, the basics, some toilet paper. That, you know, that all kind of makes sense. But there's going to be more to this. I mean, there's going to be indoctrination going on here. These girls have to go to some sort of training seminar put on by the federal government bureaucrats in order to to get to the point of being able to get this preparedness patch. Yeah, so, you got to get that patch, you know. Uh, they, uh, the patch will be available alongside their existing Girls Are Great, Girl Scouts Against Smoking, Media Know-How, and Read to Lead Good patches. Lord. I haven't even heard of any of these patches. They're crazy. <laughs> So, uh, after girls that, are great. I mean, I, I, do we really, I, you know, I don't, I don't think that it's bad to, I, I'm, I'm proud to be, to be a man. And, but at the same time, I, I always worry about this girl power are you thing. Proud to be a man. What I'm, I'm happy with okay. being male. Yeah, you know? I'm happy with who I am. I don't know if it well, makes me better or worse is, or anything it, like that. I don't think it's necessarily better or worse, but do you, don't you feel that some of the girl empowerment stuff out there is kind of, kind of anti-male? Don't you think that there's there's a, a line that goes there? Like for instance, men are pigs. Uh, well, the the boys are stupid. Throw rocks at them. Um, you know, I mean, I've I've heard all kinds of these little things, and I'm all for girls being empowered. But it, you know, at at but, some point or another, there's an there's an attack. Do you know what I mean? I I don't know. I, I guess I I, I can't you're really say. If you're your much... way up, you don't care when you get to equal. I, yeah, I guess I, I just haven't experienced much of what you're talking about, Mark. So I go find I, yourself a feminist. Do you want me to get one on the air and, and see how that goes? Yeah, I don't know if what what they're talking about here, girls are great, is necessarily a feminist I don't program. You, you're jumping to conclusions. But I, I think there's a danger of it. I don't think there's any danger in telling girls that uh, you know that giving girls a reason to feel empowered, to giving girls a reason to believe in themselves, and, and that well, sort of thing. I don't think there's any danger girls there. Have been given reasons to not be, not feel empowered I and think all those other things. In society, I think there is some of that that exists. Are you drawing some kind of generalized conclusion here? Are you some kind of communist? No, I said I said in society, I think some of that exists. More on the way here. You can bring up whatever you want. It's free talk live. 
Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com slash PK. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features uh, there include the archive, so if you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They are yours free. Again, that's all, all available for you free at freetalklive.com. Been taking a new vitamin. It's called Choose for Health Superfruit Complex. It's chewable. It contains goji, mangosteen, acai, and nani fruit. These uh, four superfruits that are contained in Choose for Health have been uh, proclaimed by many experts to be the most nutrient-rich fruits that the world has to offer. And this vitamin is not on, not just a vitamin, but it's an antioxidant all in one. You can call and get a free week supply by uh, you know right just by calling 800-219-8874. All you got to do is pay for uh, shipping and handling for the free trial. It's 800-219-8874. Choose for health. Okay, so we were talking about the Girl Scouts and how it is they're teaming up with the federal government, the Department of Homeland Security. To essentially get a, a new patch, a brand new patch that will be a preparedness patch. They'll have to go to some sort of seminar of some sort uh, with a federal government bureaucrat where they will go through who knows what level of indoctrination as to how great government is and how we need government and then FEMA to, you know, to help people in their times of need and all of that nonsense. Of course, we know that people can get help just fine on their own, that the marketplace organizes itself all by itself, when it's allowed to, to bring the, uh, the help to the people that need it the best or that need it the most. You can look at the, uh, the Hurricane Katrina aftermath and you can see that Walmart, for instance, tried to bring in truckloads full of ice and water to people. That would have helped a hell of a lot, but the federal government bureaucrats said, no, no, got it under control here. Can't have you bringing in this water and ice to these poor, uh, thirsty people. Right. So, um, you know, the the federal government's so worried about looking bad that they'll turn away an organization like Walmart because, well, they they you know the the, the lines aren't uh, filled out here. We haven't got our paperwork signed, and we don't know who you people are or what they're doing here. And we can handle it. So we're the federal government. Right. Clearly, they can't. I mean, look at the disaster that was the Hurricane Katrina after aftermath with the rapes and the people crapping on the uh, on uh, on the 50-yard line and people uh, dying. Old people dying in, right. in their homes because they weren't evacuated by the the, the feds or the people police. People being uh, stopped at uh, bridges trying to, to to escape the 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 wreckage, the smoldering rubble that was New Orleans. I mean, this is this was the doing of the federal government. The disaster wasn't Hurricane Katrina. The, the Army Corps of Engineers. Was, well, the the Army Army Corps of Engineers created the problem in the first place, but then FEMA uh, exacerbated it. The disaster was FEMA. There's no doubt about that. But what they're doing now is they're bringing the Girl Scouts in. They're going to indoctrinate them into this belief that government is necessary, government is good. And then, you know, well, you have to ask yourself, where is it going to lead from there? Is there a next step? 
Well, yes, there is. We're talking about national service. Uh, we brought up that topic again because every time, every year around this time for the last couple of years, they've been uh, there's been a big push for this concept of national service. As some people have described it, there's been a call for a new national service bureaucracy that'll essentially be not exactly the military, but will be similar to the military in that it will be sized and funded to the level of the military. So you know how much funding the military gets. Now imagine that for essentially a civilian brown shirts or a Hitler youth or something like that. I mean, that's essentially what we're talking about. And no, this isn't a strike against Obama. They were talking about it with uh, Bush in office. John McCain said he was on board with this. This is a bipartisan effort to indoctrinate the youth of America into believing that the government is the best way to help people. And you can see it. And they had the uh, the September 11th summit last year. For all I know, they're going to have one this year. I haven't really been digging into the news too much on it. But they had this summit last year on September 11th where they uh, they got together and you know they were promoting these ideas. And the, one of the the ideas they're promoting is bringing all of the American youth into a government program. Uh, a government service program and they when they're talking about national service they conflate two things together that shouldn't really be conflated together and it's part of their plan they're conflating together actual volunteering with national service see national service when you hear the term sounds great hey service What's wrong with service? Nothing at all. Service is great. If we don't serve our customers here on Free Talk Live, which are our advertisers and our listeners, uh, if we don't in our radio stations, if we don't serve our customers with something that they want, then they're going to go elsewhere. And so we have to satisfy. We have to serve appropriately in order to get what we want, which is you know to make a living off of doing a, or something that we enjoy, which is the radio program. So service is great. It's great to get out there and serve people that are in need and that uh, deserve to be helped and that are in the community and are in a bad way. That's all great. But what happens is the government comes in and it, it takes volunteer uh, volunteering opportunities like going and helping with the Salvation Army or your local food kitchen or something like that. And it mixes them in with working for the government. And, and then they actually start to suggest that it's working for the government that's actually the most value. That, oh, yeah, you know, we need those private charities. We do need them. You'll hear them admit this. Yeah, we need private charities. But working for the government is the true level of service. That's where service really happens is when you're working for the state. And so when they bring these Girl Scouts in, they're going to begin indoctrinating into this so that when they do launch the National Service Program, the Girl Scouts are going to be you know, front and center. And I'm sure they want to do it with the Boy Scouts, too. It's just the news story we have is about the Girl Scouts, and I, I'm sure the Boy Scouts would jump right on board as well because they're very, very nationalistic and government, pro-government, government-oriented. But if they've, got, if they've gotten this uh, indoctrination at a very young age, as Girl Scouts tend to be, uh, then when the next step comes along, if it's a high school thing, summertime, they have to report into some sort of government program for three months during the summertime or something like that, or eight weeks, or however long it, it ends up being, they'll be gung-ho for it because they'll have been prepped earlier on with this, uh, this program. They go, hey, I got the patch. I could be a leader in this national service program. So here's a little bit more on the story from Jessica Neville at technicianonline.com. Barack Obama has unveiled a national service plan, the stories from yesterday, that promises to give Americans opportunities to become civically involved. See, you already have opportunities to help your people in your community. They're called volunteer opportunities. But civic involvement means working with the government in some way. 
The plan reaches out to college students by proposing a new American Opportunity Tax Credit worth $4,000 a year in exchange for 100 hours of community service. The proposed incentive plan would enable students to graduate college with as many as 17 weeks of service experience. Students would not be directly paid the money, but would receive a tax credit for their service. In addition to the college student tax credit, the Obama administration also wishes to increase the amount of federal college work-study funds appropriated for community service. According to reports from the Democratic National Committee, Obama and Biden will ensure that at least 25% of those funds are used to support public service opportunities instead of jobs in dining halls and libraries. The Center for Student Leadership works to help students make connections in the community and promote social change. Uh, it's important to invest in our priorities, said one of the representatives. This plan provides opportunities for students to further ge- further their education and provide service to others. It's always willing. We're always willing to work with students that want to serve, though additional resources may be needed if the plan becomes law. That means more money, more funding. No, of course. I don't support... You can't re- let people volunteer for free. Now, here he says, I do not support required service, but President Obama's plan doesn't require students to volunteer. It provides incentives for them to do so. So, this isn't really volunteering, is it? If you're getting paid... You aren't really a volunteer. Oh, but it's not payment. They're getting tax credits. But that kind of is credit payment. Is um, if you intend to pay taxes, like well, anybody who works for a living, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, it works for somebody else for a living, um, for sure. And uh, you know, and, and a lot of people that work for themselves, then it's as good as a cash. Uh, a tax credit is as good as money because. Well, it, it's it's one for one. You're not talking about a write-off. This is a tax credit. That's in, it, it's it's a dollar for dollar. So this is paying people to do volunteering opportunities. It's it not is. It absolutely real volunteering. is. It's taking taking our money through our tax dollars and then essentially doling it back out to college students, bringing them under the thumb of the federal government, indoctrinating them with more pro-government beliefs. And paying uh, paying them to do it all at the same time, it's incredibly waste. It's an incredibly wasteful idea. There are plenty of volunteer opportunities out there right now. And if I got people coming to volunteer, I want them volunteering because they want to help, not because they want forty bucks an hour. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just three dollars per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you to take control of the airwaves, even in these remaining moments, is 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can voluntarily do so by becoming an amplifier. For as little as 3 bucks a month, we'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, Get on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month, and you'll get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. And check out the Low Country Liberty Report. He's a Ridleyographer from Savannah, Georgia, and he focuses on pro-freedom issues from around the country. 
Liberty-oriented reports for liberty-minded folk. Taryn, who is the man uh, behind the Liberty, uh, the Low Country Liberty Report, he doesn't pretend to be unbiased in his reporting and does try to add some humor to his reports. You can see his videos at lclreport.com. That's lclreport.com. Also, some excellent videos are available over on Sam's website, obscuredtruth.com. Highly recommend you go and check that out. You put up a brand new uh, th- 30-second promo, which uh, took a lot of time. Putting together something like that is not an easy thing to do. You get a brand new OTN logo and it's looking very spiffy, Sam, so uh, people should go over and see your work at ObscuredTruth.com. Just real brief, uh, just a few more comments here on the national service issue, and it's just you're going to hear more and more about this, more and more opportunities will be offered to the youth of America to come and serve. And, you know, service sounds good. Volunteering, great. I'm all in favor of volunteering. This isn't real volunteerism. This is bribery. This is you come and work for this government program doing who knows what. Maybe they will actually have you doing something useful. I don't know. But you come and you do this and you work for us in AmeriCorps or whatever the Citizen Corps is going to be called eventually. You come and work for us and we'll give you $4,000 tax credit. So basically for 100 hours of community service, college kids will get a $4,000 tax credit. So, I'd sure love to get a $4,000 tax credit. That'd be awesome. For 100, 100 hours worth of work, $40 hours, an hour? And, and you know when you're dealing with the government that it's not going to be any like real work, for God's sake. Probably not. I mean, plus, they're not going to be out fighting fires. Plus, who's going to want to volunteer after they've gotten paid $40 an hour to do volunteering? Who's going to want to actually go and do real volunteer work? Sure. I mean, one of the things that's going to happen here is this is going to be run by the government, and they're going to be recruiting people into their organization. One of the primary factors here is that AmeriCorps wants to expand. They've gotten, I think they've gotten the permission to do so and the, fu- the, the funding uh, to do so. So when they're bringing kids into these programs, they're going to be indoctrinating them on, hey, if you like this service opportunity, how would you like to dedicate your career to right. service? That's what this is. Is This is government recru- um, you know, job recruiting. The, the, the bureaucrats are getting older, and they need fresh blood, and that's what this is all about. Yep, so look for more of it to come soon. You know, the thing that worries me the most about all of this is the statement that this will be as equally well-funded as the military. Yep, as big, as powerful, and as well-funded as the military. That's what they want. That part hasn't passed through yet. That's on the way. Yeah, well, the military funding, depending on what you include, is anywhere from a third to over half of the federal budget. The discretionary budget, not not included. Yeah, the discretionary budget. So, you know, where's that money going to come from? They're either going to print it or they're going to take it from you. And, you know, you've got an extra third of your income to, to pay for this uh, national service program, don't you? What are you going to not pay, surf? <laughs> You're not going to not pay, that's for sure. So there's more coming on this. We'll keep you in the loop as we learn about it. If you know something, we don't, because uh, as I say, that usually there's a lot of discussion in the national scene about national service right around September 11th. I haven't been seeing too much of it, but then again, I haven't been looking closely for it. I just searched and I found that one story about how the, the college plan is already on the table and they're moving forward with it. So they're starting with the college kids, but look for new plans to come soon that will get high school kids, middle, uh, middle school kids involved in this. Maybe even down to elementary school eventually. I don't know, but you can expect to see them expand out from this particular well, point. And Obama's uh, speeches to the uh, school kids, are is, it, that wasn't a one-time event, if I understand it correctly. Correctly, he's going to do this on some kind of regular oh, basis. Oh, really? So I would imagine that that's going to be, you know, become part of the. He'll start the, talking about yeah. national service and how we're going to give you these opportunities. Part of the plan. 
and very disturbing stuff here. Uh, if, you, if your kids are still in government school, you might want to consider getting them out. And remember, one of the things they're going to do here, this has been a proposal that we've read about from the government people, is that with college kids, they're, they're not going to really be able to force them to do the national service in order to go to college just because of the way the system is set up, at least not right now. But they can absolutely make national service a requirement for high school graduation. And that's one of the things that they've been talking about doing. Hey, kids, you want to get your diploma, right? Everybody knows you need to have a diploma to be successful in life. So in order to do that, you'll just have to go through this three-week national service program or three months or eight you know, yeah. months, however long they end up making Very it. Very simple. Well, they could make it the summer between your uh, junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. I mean, how unusual would that be? Yep, so come on over, so, report to the boot camp, and uh, we'll, we'll bring you into the indoctrination I mean, they world. Had a, uh, they had a, graduation, a, a, a community service requirement graduation at your school, didn't they? They sure did. I mean, how, how difficult is it to... They're already doing pilot programs, people. Right, so this will be the federalization of that concept, basically. Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything. Jeff is in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeff. Yeah, this is really chilling information. We need to... Uh sort of, I think, follow the We Are Change uh, model and maybe have like a We Are Change talks to high school students type of thing and, to help. And what, is, and what is that model? Uh, well, that's where they basically go around with a camera and talk to people, and they put it on their website, and they have local chapters. And so basically we would be having people in, you know, it would be a grassroots movement in various cities, and we'd start talking to high school kids and, and getting the truth out about 9-11. Oh, is that what you're trying to do? Well, what's the point of that? What do you mean? The whole basis for having kids involved in national service, one of the most important things is fighting terror, just like that New York Times article where they talked about Boy Scout kids uh, training with uh, Homeland Security to go uh, uh, basically uh, arrest and, and, and shoot uh, veterans. So and what is the truth? Is what based is the, on the war on terror. Give me the short answer. What's the truth about 9-11? Give me the 30-second answer. The truth is we have never gotten a straight story from the government, so there's no reason to believe the government story about 9-11. So you don't so have an need... actual theory that you that you subscribe to because there's several theories. Yeah, there's there. lots of theories. I, for one, was there in lower Manhattan on that day, and I know the government story is a bunch of BS. How so... will you know when you know the truth? How will I know when I know the truth? Well, how would you know when you know the truth about whether God exists or not? The point is, is we, have, we are thinking human beings that have the ability to use deductive and, and inductive logic, and we can reason that the government is lying about 9-11 and that we should investigate it further. Uh, that's where I disagree with you. I, I don't disagree that they're lying. It's, the government lies. It's what they do. But I don't uh, agree that anybody should spend any of their free time investigating 9-11. I think that uh, if we want to bring young people on board with a, with a message that's positive and, uh, and inspirational, we should be talking about liberty and freedom and how it is that uh, the government is not a beneficial or beneficent organization. And there's, there's a, a bevy of evidence to make that case. You don't have to go through the rigmarole of trying to prove to somebody that the story, the official story about 9-11, is, you know, has holes in it and here's where the holes are and here's what I believe, et cetera, et cetera. You don't have to you don't have to convince somebody on that issue to get them to understand that the government is dangerous and the government is not out there helping people. I, I highly disagree with that particular tactic. I think it makes you look like a, a conspiracy kook 
and it's a, it's a big waste of time. This is why well, I would say that you certainly don't have the qualifications in this area. I myself, for one, was a former aviation logistics officer. Oh no, I have qualifications, you can speak to sir. The technical aspect. No, no, you don't understand. Issue. I have qualifications because I understand that the government isn't good. It isn't beneficial, and I, that's all the qualification I need. I've got stories that I can point to where there is no question that the, what the government has done is hurt people. They put it 1.5 million people in jail cells because they uh, possessed a plant or a chemical or something like that just within the last year. They uh, regularly harm people and kill people and threaten people. I can point to all of those and it's crystal clear. So I don't need to have any sort of uh, certification or anything like that to, uh, to make a positive case for freedom and liberty. Well, the reason where your logic falls short is that 9-11 is used as a sounding board and justification for the police state over and above anything else that was done before. Sure, and that, that it, it, may, it may very well be true that 9-11 has been used in that fashion, but don't you think it's disturbing that there's a great deal of people who have a lot of uh, mental and psychological problems that back up the, these 9-11 uh, theories, some of which they believe that lizard people have taken over and all these other things? I mean, don't you think that that kind of Yes, hurts those your... people were disturbed. Okay, great. Now, now we understand. That doesn't change the Let's fact of what did or did reality. not happen on that day, though. No, I, who knows what happened on that day? You can't. I know. It. That's I why. That's it. why we so have to have an actual independent investigation. No, we don't have to do that. We, we don't, don't have to do to. anything like that. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Look, this is what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Focusing on 9/11 feeds the fear paradigm, and the answer is to show people the benefits of what could come out of a voluntary society where we're not using force, coercion, and, and fear to control other people. More on the way tomorrow night. See you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Okay, so uh, this is a, an additional interview that we're adding on here to the podcast uh, for our listeners. Uh, yet another of the great Bain authors. This one is John Ringo. Uh, now, I have uh, read a couple of John Ringo's books. Uh, first off, The Centurion, and uh, most recently, Eye of the Storm. John, are you with us? Yep. Excellent. Right here. Now, um, Eye of the Storm, I've just, I have just I read it, uh, and about halfway through, somewhere along the line, I figured out that it was a part of a series. Um, and <laughs> somehow Sorry. I didn't know this. <laughs> I felt like it was referring back to things, but books do that, even that aren't in series, you know? Yeah, um, Last Centurion is a standalone. Um, it is. But uh, Live Free or Die is actually the tenth book in a series. Okay. Um, uh, there were four novels uh, that traced the, the character Mike O'Neill, and a lot of the other characters are in that. And then there were, uh, I guess, uh, five more spin-off novels, uh, including three of them about his daughter Callie um, and his father, uh, referred to as Papa O'Neill, and a couple others that were just about the universe. Um now this, and it had been years since I'd gotten back to Mike O'Neill. So now this Mike O'Neill fellow, sorry, no, go ahead. Uh, this Mike O'Neill fellow is sort of the the crusty space marine, um, t turn you know made made commander kind of guy. He's uh, you know sort of uh, you know was in charge of the uh, forces on Earth when they were attacked, and now he's taken it to the enemy and that kind of thing, right? Um, well, you know, going back to the earlier books, he was a uh, he was a he gotten out of the army and was a civilian he was a you know private in the army got out of the was a civilian got recalled because the earth had gotten the word that they were about to have an alien invasion there was contact with friendly aliens and uh you know by the time you get to eye of the storm he 
you know, is a major general in charge of this one particular form of infantry, and along the way he's picked up two medals of honor and, you know, all this other stuff. So, you know, yeah, it's it's part of a long series, uh, but a lot of people were glad to see it. It did extremely well, or it has done extremely well, because, you know, people have been nagging me for years about, you know, what happened to Mike O'Neill. Now, so now he's finally back, kicking butt again. Do uh, do many people get on in the middle of the series like I did, and um, you know, not even know that they've gotten um, into the series? I mean, what what kind of feedback are you getting? Um, well, the feedback I'm getting mostly is from is from people who are fans of that sure, series, sure, like sure, their their legion. Um, you're actually the first person I've run across who was unfamiliar with the series, so I actually have to ask you a question. Okay, did it work? Um, I mean, you knew that you were in a series, but but was there enough backstory that you were able to connect to the characters? Uh, I, I felt like uh, it was. I, I felt like it was off and running right away. Is what I, I felt okay. like. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed the the stories, and I I felt like it. Uh, you know, that I was completely up to date. I didn't I, I didn't feel like I had lost anything. Certainly, there were opportunities I wanted to find out more about the uh, the alien invaders, the the post lean, which are uh, I guess uh, rabid centurions, um, and then they have these these God leaders, and I don't know. It's all very interesting to me. Well, the the post lane were the enemies, the, the the enemies that Mike had fought on Earth, right. You know, defending Earth against, um, and then now in this book, new enemies come yes. about. Um, but the uh, yeah, I was really looking forward to reintroducing Mike O'Neill because you had to do it. You had to do something really serious with this guy because. I have done just about everything possible to kill this character, and he survived. <laughs> um, so just the scene of him, you know, kneeling down in the middle of a nuclear explosion, and he's just, you know, he's in battle armor for, yeah. you know, people who are unfamiliar with it, but he's just, there was a nuclear explosion where everybody is, like, digging in and, you know, trying to avoid the, the blast front. He just kneels down and put rock puts rock jacks into the ground and just sort of sits there and leans into it like he's, you know... Like he's reveling in some sort of a shower, <laughs> and that's Mike O'Neill. He's just, you know, man, I've been through this so this stuff so much that, yeah, you know, what's a little what's a little nuke between friends? It, you know, it, it, it's it's some amazing sounding battle armor that they have, and I uh, I I, I want to find out more about it. That's for sure. The um. Now this this thing about trying to kill characters off uh, it must it must be a theme of yours because uh, in in Centurion which I read was the first one of yours and and I thought that perhaps you had were, were trying out sort of a new writing style or something like that this sort of uh, amicable I, I I don't know enough of the the verbiage addiction to describe well, it but the, there is no verbiage for Centurion Centurion has sort of been uh, has sort of had to coin new terms for itself. Um, we call it a blogvel. A what? Um, blogvel? Because it's it's a blogvel. Okay. Because it's the collected, it's it's sort of the collected blogs of this character. Yes. Except that he doesn't actually exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting. I mean, he's talking about his wife in a very uh, personal way that you under like you you get the idea that she must be right there looking over the shoulder. I mean, it's very it's very personal and interesting and and the way that it's uh, delivered is it's fast-paced and kind of friendly and uh, I I keep on saying personal, but it is extraordinarily personal. Um though the it, way that you interact with very, the It was a very strange book to write. Um 
I, I kind of, we're talking about Last Centurion now, which is very different from all of my other novels in that it's, it's first person, and it is um, kind of like sitting there reading a guy who's telling a story, the story of what happened to him over a beer. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, so there I was, no beep. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, there's plenty of beeps. And, beeps. and I wrote it in a frenzy. Um, the idea came more or less out of nowhere. I'd been thinking about solar minima and and plague and you know the, the various terrible things that happened in it for a long time. I know a lot about the Middle East. I know a lot about Sunni Shia and, and all of that stuff. But it I just kind of sat down and I started typing, and it was nine days, hundred fifty three thousand words in nine days. That seems like you really, and it really felt that. like dictation. You guys were saying something. Now I was um I was thinking that what my experience was is that um Centurion was was more of the writing style that I was sort of experiencing in this book. When I read the uh, the Eye of the Storm, I felt like I was experiencing that sort of writing style to a to a lesser extent. It's still personal. It's still extraordinarily pa- fast paced. Um, I, I mean, it really is like a rocket sled on rails. Um, these both of these books felt that way because there's never, you know, there's not a lot of downtime. It's not the and these were the winters of our discontent. I mean, you're not you're not plodding through these books at all. I have a couple of books that plot a little bit, but generally I am I, I don't enjoy plotting books. Mm-hmm. So I, I I really try to uh, my my I have no formal training in writing. <laughs> I've written um, plenty of books. Mom, <laughs> I've got plenty of books, and I've got no formal writing training. Uh, my mom took some classes back in the the fifties, and she told me one time that the 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 thing with stories with adventure stories, the archetypal term is romance. Um, with adventure stories, it's a crisis every thousand words. It's what every and thousand I don't words. Quite, a crisis every thousand words. Ah. I don't quite get quite a crisis every thousand words, but I try to have a crisis which would be two pages. Um, but I try to have a crisis every four to five pages of some form. Got it. So um, the uh, now tell me, there, there's another book coming out in, the ser- in, in, this, in this series with it that I have the storms in, and I, I don't know what the series is called, because I, I didn't even know there was a series. Honestly, I read the, half the book and didn't know there was a series. That, that series is called Legacy of the Aldenata. Um, I have a really bad time about the starting series. No, the, the one that comes out in February is called Lift Free or Die, Yeah. Um, which I think, it, well, it, it absolutely refers to New Hampshire. A lot of the action that takes place in New Hampshire. Excellent. Did you come up here? There are here? three stories in it. Did, huh? you, did you come up here and do some research? Um, my uh, uh, cousins own the Franconia Inn in Franconia, New Hampshire. I've heard of Franconia. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and I went up there uh, skiing at Bretton Woods a couple of times with my daughters. Cool. I really love New Hampshire. Um, if my girlfriend was not so absolutely addicted to living in Chattanooga, and if she could handle cold at all, we would probably move to New Hampshire. It's the only place um, in the, the uh, in, in New place. England worth going. It, it is the only place in New England worth going, um, <laughs> and and it's you know you guys need to get some some vote, some of those voters from down south in Texas, so that we can override the Vermonters and in people's Republic of Massachusetts. 
Yeah, we call them we call them mass holes up here. You know, we're doing uh, at the. I, you may not know about the Free State Project, but it's a relatively new movement where we're moving uh, twenty thousand liberty-loving individuals to one state in order to return that state to the uh, its proper role of only protecting life, liberty, and uh, property. And um, you know, so I think we're we, we've had some from some luck. The uh, the Vernazis and the mass holes did attempt to uh, stop the uh, the, the seatbelt uh, to do away with our the free, seatbelt freedom here in the state, and uh, we managed to, to to hold them off this year. And we're very pleased with that. But things are going reasonably well. Under well. other circumstances, I'd be out there helping you. I mean, <laughs> obviously, you. I'm. I'm uh, but uh, I can tell you that's going to be popular. And, and someday maybe I'll make it up there. That's popular um, with our listenership. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, I was talking with a friend of mine from Texas, and and he had he had done some editing on Live for Your Die, and he's like, I didn't know there was anybody up there that had any clue about actually being free. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not that big of a state, and people often tend to lump everything in, in New England to you know the same category. And I can kind of understand. However, New Hampshire does stand out in that area. <laughs> All right. So, um, any anything you want to tell people about uh, Eye of the Storm or the upcoming Live Free or Die that we haven't covered? Um. Well, Eye of the Storm. If you're unfamiliar with the series, strongly recommend that you go back to him before battle and start. Um, you can get around to Eye of the Storm sooner or later. I... Um, uh, with Live, Fear, Die, it's the start of a new series. Oh, cool. And uh, it, it starts off in New Hampshire, and New Hampshire is, you know, New Hampshire obviously influences the, the, the first part of the book. Now, people can get uh, these at... character. Oops, sorry. Say again? Uh, I was going to say, people can get these at any major bookstore or um, Amazon.freetalklive.com? Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever. Okay. Excellent. So, um, and, and your name's John Ringo, and then uh, you know they can they can check out more about the books where. Um, the Bain website or Simon and Schuster website, they're they're all they're up on uh, Amazon for that matter. Okay. I uh, also have another book called The Deloriad coming out, which is also in the post lane Legacy of the Eldenati. I have I have the book. Um, I have not yet started it, and just the cover is extraordinarily compelling. Um, y- y- I'll tell you what my experience is with the cover, and then you tell me what what in fact is going on. Okay. Um, there, okay. what, there appears to be a guy who's dressed up in the Swiss Guard uniform of the uh, of the guys that, that that guard the Pope in the Vatican, um, and right. he's got himself a halberd. Do I have the right word? <laughs> and yeah, uh, he he appears to be charging out out of a monster's eye or something. Um, yeah, it's uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, the the book at a certain point wrote. Revolves around a uh, uh, a set piece duel to just <clears throat> to determine a question, major question of the book through force majeure, um, and so the the Swiss the yeah very much the the Pope's guards the Swiss guards end up fighting with Halberds. Wow! As as sort of a but it's a fight to the death as a they're they're answering the question of whether humans are worthy or not. I wow. see. You know the 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 Swiss Guard. I'm and you know I know that you do good research on your books and uh, you often there's there's quite a bit of education that goes with every book. I feel like I learned something. Um, at you know while I'm taking this uh, rocket slide on rails that uh, you you tend to write and uh, I I imagine you went deeply into the Swiss Guard because they're a very interesting bunch. 
Yes, they're a very interesting bunch. That book, however, um, <clears throat> is uh, primarily Tom Crattman's book. But, yeah, it does get into, you know, where the Swiss Guard come from, why they are the way they are. Um, and the Swiss Guard are a very interesting bunch. I mean, just the Swiss are an interesting bunch. <laughs> they certainly are. Um, I don't know quite. I don't know quite what's taken them over lately, but they're they're starting to shift more and more towards the Euro, the Euro trash uh, direction. Well, it's which, it, uh, it's difficult to avoid that when you're all you know completely surrounded by socialists. Um, it's it's difficult not to be socialist, but Switzerland does have a. Well, they have uh, the same problem as New Hampshire. Yes, they do. In that, <laughs> with the freedom of movement, there's been so much immigration from mm-hmm. outside areas. They have the same. They had the same approach as New Hampshire for much the same reason. They're a mountain. They're a mountain society. In their case, they're a mountain society made up of a large number of leftover tribes. I mean, they, the, there are four languages. One of which is Romance, which is uh, Latin, deriving from fifth century uh, from fifth century Latin. Um, you know. So they're they're leftover Romans, they're leftover Gauls, yeah. they're leftover you know <laughs> Germans and uh, Italians and the whole thing there. Yeah. Uh, so and they very much have that mountain that mountain culture of we hold on to our passes and the lowland pussies can can do whatever the heck they want, but this is our land. Yeah. And they have just kind of fallen into the trap of one worldism, if you will. Yeah. So it's kind of sad to watch. Well, I hope that uh, New Hampshire and uh, some some place in the United States can give them a beacon of liberty to look at. But it's a, it does appear to, as though Switzerland is. I don't know much about Switzerland. I'm only looking from a a very outsider's view. I I hear that there's a province called Zug, which is quite the liberty wonderland that uh, um, still you know still has a very low tax rate and things like that. But uh, I you know I, I'm interested in going over there and checking things out. But I I hope the best for them. Well, what what said it all for me in Switzerland? Um, I, I totally shouldn't mention this, but I went to summer camp in Switzerland. <laughs> um, uh, I was living in Iran at the time. Okay. And, uh, you know, you get out from camp and you go to the little corner store, which would be a 7-Eleven here, but they, they have these little, you know, the same sort of thing, little corner store. That's sure. all wood and et cetera. Um, and, uh, you know, walked in and, you know, bought my chocolate and all that stuff and turning around to go back and over the door is a machine gun. She was. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. And I asked somebody about it and the store owner was the machine gunner in the local militia and they're low, they're required. They go through their, their regular army period. And then they're in the reserve until they, they uh, can't walk. They hit 50, I think. Yeah. Um, and they're required to have their basic load where they live and, and their weapon ready to go yep. at any time. So he had his machine gun over the door, and he had 200-round boxes of ammo and his bag, you know, and his rucksack packed and his uniform there. He worked and lived in the in the same building. And, you know, he put on, you know, he, something happens, he puts on his uniform, he puts on his rucksack, he, Grabs his, you know, battle rattle and his his ammo cans and 
his machine gun, and out the door he goes. Yeah, it's um, it, that's it, what Switzerland is like. <laughs> and Switzerland—that's the reason Switzerland stayed free during World War II. Um, you know, Hitler didn't have any desire to go in there and mess with those guys. Where, where it was basically—it's the law where every man between the ages of eighteen and fifty has to have a gun. You know, at home, ready to go. They are part of the the, the militia there. You know, I'm I, I'm not of the opinion that a person should have to uh, serve in the uh, the military from a mandate standpoint. However, um, I you know, I mean, if you're going to mandate, if you're going to make a gun law, I think it's a better to make a gun law that you have to have one than ma- the gun law that makes makes it so you don't have to have you're one. You're not allowed to have one. <laughs> and you know, gosh, oh, jeekers, here's a really weird thought. They've got an incredibly low crime rate. Yeah, can you imagine? I wonder why. Yeah, you have. <laughs> so does New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of that, I've uh, part of an ideation that I've been doing lately. I've been thinking a lot about, you know, why why certain things go certain ways. And one of the things that that someone pointed out, and it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense, is that people have a tendency to be more subordinate to government and believe more in the value of government if they come from large cities, because on a day to day basis, you see the value of what government gives to that city, and it's true. But it's not federal government. It is local government that gives the value to that city. They do give but the they value. They make the dichotomy. Huh? I, th- I think they give the value. I also would believe that uh, even even on a local level, I, I prefer local government over federal government um, if I'm going to have to deal with government. However, I still think that government can't provide goods and services at the, the same price and with the same level of uh, customer service that the marketplace can. I I would – well – I get into arguments with big L libertarians all the time. I'm not one. Because I see I see government as there is a value to government. The value to government is doing <clears throat> things which are distributed necessities of the whole good of the population. But the um, whole population so needs food, is, John. Uh, yes, but but that is something that has to be transported. The government, the government is useful for defense of the whole population. Um, the government is useful for uh, ensuring that that there is consistent trade, which was the which was the whole point of the uh, to regulate commerce. Yeah, the, com- the commerce clause of the Constitution. By that, the commerce clause, it was to ensure that that trade works in the same way in Massachusetts as it does in New Hampshire. Um, not, and, and that Massachusetts couldn't say, any, you know, anything coming from New Hampshire, there's an import duty. That was the whole point of the, of, of the Commerce Clause. Um, yes. And then there are things like building inspectors. Um, if you don't have government essentially ensuring that everybody makes a certain checkbox, you do start having major problems. The pro- well, you know, you, you can talk about big L libertarianism all you want. I point to Albania and, and Somalia. That's as libertarian as you can possibly get. Well, I, th- I think that uh, I think what you're doing there is you're taking some really crappy places and uh, throwing them into complete uh, chaos, and and then uh, you know I mean I wouldn't call that uh, a a great 
you know, example of what freedom is. But I'm willing to go to cops, courts, and uh, and roads with you. Um, you know, I mean, it, that's what I feel the government's role should be at this point. I'd, I'd love to see a world where voluntary interaction takes place, but I don't think we're I don't think society's ready for it. However, I do think society's ready for uh, to get government out of certain areas. Areas like healthcare. I don't think the government necessarily needs to be in schooling. I don't think that the uh, I, I don't think the government needs to do building inspections. I think that that can be done by an outside uh, uh, outside source. And I think that there's definitely some problems with building inspections because well you know once once you get a, an inspector in there, then you get the unions involved, and then you know it it has a tendency to spiral downward into a cesspool of uh, of um, you know government corruption and all those other things. So. You know that's one of the reasons that I dislike the idea of uh, of um... if you if you don't have building inspectors, I mean I know a lot of people who are in the engineering field, and you get competition to the point where the buildings get more and more fragile until they fall down. Uh, that's exactly what happened in South Korea, despite the fact that they had building inspectors because they had they had corruption. Well, they, they probably have corruption at the court level too, where they where you can't get justice for, um, you know, somebody causing your building to fall down. I mean, <laughs> if somebody yeah. builds a building that's a crappy uh, building, you should be able to sue them and get your money back. Yeah, the government is always about government is always about assuring the standard of contract. Um, and and I say that, and people say, well, you know, what about this? What about that? I go, if you. You know, if you think about it long enough, you realize that it's what you're saying is that, that there's a contract there. Yep. And that is government's purpose. Unfortunately, you know, we've gotten into this mode of a little bit of government is good, therefore a lot of government is better, which is not true. It, I, I also use the analogy of vitamin A. Vitamin A is an absolute necessity for the body. If you take a significantly larger dose than you're supposed to, like if you take a whole handful of multivitamins, each of which is 100% vitamin A, mm-hmm. it'll freaking kill you. Yeah, vitamin A can uh, kill you. So vitamin A in it will kill you because it's a toxin in large amount. Vitamin C can't. Government is the same way. Say again? Vit- vitamin C can't kill you, but vitamin A can. Vitamin A can. Yeah. Um, and uh, government is the same way. It's it's an absolute necessity, um, but it is it's toxic in large quantity. Um, I was reading an article the other day and an email list, and they were talking about some of the direction that the government's currently our government under our Messiah is currently going in is taking us in the direction of Argentina under Perón, which went from at the time a first world country for values of first world at the time to a third world country. In one, you know, under one president, bam, it was destroyed. Um, and their point was, this is a uh, uh, this is a benefit, not a negative, from the point of view of the people who are currently running things. So because they, if they can make things bad enough, the government gets even more control. Yeah. Um, Government makes a problem, yeah, I'm, solves I'm a problem. Not, I'm not enjoying the current conditions. I'm not enjoying the current conditions at all. Uh, on the other hand, after Carter came right. So. Yeah, I think that uh, you probably will see some major changes in Washington, uh, probably back to the, the Republicans who are growing government uh, out there, you know, previously. Uh, the problem you know. with 
with the Republicans is that they're not Republicans. Now, bear with me here. Back in 1994, uh, the Democratic Party split, and the Scooter Jack, what they call the Scooter Jackson wing. What year did you say? I'm sorry, I missed that. What year did you say? 1994. 1994. Yeah. Okay. Um, when the when the Gingrich Revolution came in, and and there was a huge amount of Republicans elected. Um, a lot of those Republicans were Democrats that switched parties to get elected because the Democrat Party had started to tick off so many conservatives for value of conservatives, especially in the Southeast, uh, by their anti-military stance, uh, you know, all sorts of things. Um, so what happened was people who were pro-U.S. and pro-military um, – just basically said, well, the Democratic Party left us. Zell, Zell Miller, I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The, the Democratic Party left me. Um, well, they're the same old tax-and-spend Democrats. They just switched parties. The Republican Party got taken over by tax-and-spend Democrats. And they may be pro-U.S. They may be pro, uh, pro-military. pro they, they may believe in individual freedom. But they're the same old you know, God, the difference between Ted Kennedy and most of the modern Republicans is hard to tell. <laughs> you know, these are not my Republicans. I mean, they took over my freaking party, and I'm pissed. <laughs> John, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the time you spent with us today. We have to get on the air here in just a few minutes, uh, but uh, I understand. We will attach this to the the end of the podcast tonight, and uh, hopefully, some people will go and check out uh, what some novels that I have really enjoyed. Rattle them off real quick again, and uh, let's get out of here. Um, Live for your die new series coming out in February. Eye of the Storm out right now, which is the tenth in the series. I strongly suggest that you read at least it before battle before you read it. And uh, the Centurion. I don't want to forget that one. I thought it was an excellent. The Last book. Centurion, yeah. a first-person novel about a near-future cataclysm and a survivor thereof. Very near-future. All, all in first-person, like he's telling you the story over a beer. Yep. The first third of which is one gigantic rant. Yes, it is. It is a long rant. Go to Bain.com. That's but a B- good one. But a good one. Yes. <laughs> That's Bain, B-A-E-N.com, and uh, you can see it there. Thanks a lot, John. Good talking to you. Bye. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.